nothing to do? Wanna have some fun? 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 Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Happy Game Family Go podcast. This will be episode number 003. Yep. Yep. I'm sitting here with my son, Noah, and his friend, Calvin. How are you boys doing this morning? Great. Good. Good, good. Hey, uh, I had a hard time thinking of the topic for this podcast, trying to think something topical or something important I can make the topic of. And then I just took a step back and watched what everybody was playing over the last couple of weeks. And even though it was Valentine's Day, everybody decided to play the opposite. Uh, and everybody was playing scary games, horror yeah. games. Uh, the girls wanted to play all kinds of scary games. And you boys ended up playing some scary games. You guys have played some scary games over the years too, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, well, we'll get to some of the specific titles in that. We're just doing our intro right now. Uh, we want to mention that the Happy Game Family Go podcast can be found... Uh, at www.happygamefamily.com. And we also have our podcast on the iTunes Music Store. Uh, and we're taking any questions or comments at the uh, email address, happygamefamily at yahoo.com. So uh, that's our intro. We will uh, uh, be back in just a minute to discuss our topic for this week. Scary games. Uh, <laughs> hey, so the topic for the week is scary games, but I wanted to, before we got to that, I wanted to get to uh, our topic last week. Uh, this is Calvin, Noah's friend. How long have you guys been friends? So, probably since second, no, third grade. Third yeah. grade? Wow. So, long time, according to your, you know, timeline, right? Yeah. As percentage of your life. <laughs> yeah, pretty hey, much. Our topic last week was was cheating the systems. It was video game cheating and getting a hold of games that you you uh, aren't supposed to get a hold of. And so we wanted to have you weigh in on that really quick, Calvin. What are, what is some of the stuff you remember about how you cheat at video games? And then I remember you 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 you've gotten a hold of one or two games in a sneaky way because I remember you helped Noah install Half Life. Source. Yeah. Oh yeah. I don't know where you got that. Yeah, yeah I thought you it can, was already free. <laughs> you can either download it. Well, it was free before it got Steam. Uh-huh. Steam got it, so it was really kind of okay, I guess. But now I don't think it really is because Steam has it and it's more right to buy it. But yeah, I didn't know Steam had it until now. Oh, so did when you installed it, you got it from the old location where it was free. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. So do you ever get a hold of games without paying for it? Yeah, sometimes. I like get a hold of the, like, 
not not the famous ones, not like not the new and current stuff. Yeah, yeah I, like, like I tried doing that with Left for Dead, but I couldn't find it anywhere. So, but I got like pocket tanks and mm-hmm. stuff like that, and like those pop cap games, like Plants vs Zombies and stuff. Oh yeah, like that. that's 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 cool. So in terms of. Uh, Doing that, do your parents know about it, or do they care about it? Yeah, or? they don't. They don't really care. Yeah, because um, they they don't have, really have that much money, and yeah. So, but plus, they're not like big time games. If I like downloaded it, if you got like um, current like Modern Warfare two, yeah, for free. That I think they'd probably care because it's kind that, of a bigger blip on the radar. And yeah, and getting would draw it for more free. attention. And, yeah, yeah. And they, I don't think they really care about the pocket tanks download and the, the pop sm- cap games and stuff. Smaller stuff, yeah. kind of is below the radar with them. Uh-huh. That's cool. Uh, now, what about like cheating at video games? You do that a lot. Yeah, usually <laughs> I only, I only cheat after I beat the game because I want to beat the game first, see what it's like, and then and then I'll cheat. Uh-huh. I I had to cheat on this one level with. Um, Star Wars Jedi Knight Dark Forces 2 because yeah. it was like insanely hard. So I had to put God Mode Throw on that level just to get past it. And stuff. God Mode. We never even mentioned God Mode last week. Yeah, we should have. That's like the <laughs> ultimate cheat. God Mode. It's a perfect name. Okay, well, that was last week's topic. I just wanted to get your, your way in on it real quick. Um, <clears throat> this week's talk, topic is scary games. And the one thing we just talked about was Half Life Source, and that's. One of the series I wanted to talk about, like the Half-Life series, you guys are pretty well into that series, aren't you? Yeah. yeah. Well, tell me a little bit about it, and, and which ones have you played? And... Yeah, I, I, as I was playing Half-Life and stuff, I, I have all three of them. I have Opposing Force, Half-Life, and Blue Shift. Mm-hmm. Opposing Force is the one where you're the uh, soldier, and Blue Shift is the one where you're the security guard. And, and Blue Shift, I found out that they have some extra games that you could probably install, like ricochet but they already have those games on steam except for one game it's called half-life redemption mm-hmm. and it's like it's like an expansion pack to the f- first one like right except you're in a blue suit instead of an orange one and so weird yeah and like the, now, did you play all the way through the first one yeah yeah i played all i beat all of them cool. the opposing force one was probably the scary the scariest one really yeah i thought the first one was pretty scary with the uh, well first of all i mean we don't have to worry about spoiling the plot for Half-Life. The thing's been out for years and years. So, yeah. you know, you accidentally open a dimensional rift. All these aliens come through, uh, including head crabs, which are the probably the freakiest thing yeah. about Half-Life, right? Yeah, because the head crabs, they jump on you and start, like, they kind of bite you in the neck and put their DNA in you, and they turn you into a zombie, practically. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of the same scary uh, plot twist as uh, the Alien movies. Did you ever yeah. see the Alien movies? I know, that's yeah, that's what I was probably, yeah. I think probably AVP Requiem was probably the goriest one. Yeah, it was pretty nasty with the pregnant lady. Oh, in the scene. That was so gross. <laughs> yeah. Um, but in Half-Life, instead of uh, them just using you as a egg cocoon, the head crabs jump on you and actually transform you in your skin gets all weird and you get yeah. tentacle yeah, arms and yeah the zombies are probably i'd probably well in half-life one they they make 
they kind of make weird noises, but in Half-Life 2, they kind of sound like cavemen. Well, remember the in Half-Life 2, there you could almost hear them like screaming under the head cat crabs. Like, they still knew who they were, but that they were... Like, did you play... The scariest part of the whole Half-Life series for me was uh, Half-Life 2 Ravenloft, right? Yeah. Do you remember that town? Uh Oh, Ravenholm? Ravenholm, that's yeah. what it is. Yeah, that one was really fun. I enjoyed that level because, like, I like the scariness and how zombies just come out of nowhere. Well, because the whole plot of it is, like, so after you get through Half-Life 1 where you accidentally opened the dimensional rift and all the aliens came through, then Half-Life 2, I was a little confused about the plot. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I need to put something in, like, all right, so if you guys have an Xbox 360 Uh and you get Half-Life 2 Episode 2, that game actually has an extra level, and it it really explains a lot how everything went messed up in Half-Life 1. Does it... Is it in the PC version? Because that's what we have it for. Um, it might be. I haven't played through Half-Life 2 Episode 2. And I've got Orangebox for PS2. Yeah, it... Or Xbox, 3, PS3. I'm yeah, sorry. I have an Xbox 360. I played, I beat all the games on my, on Orange Box, and I, um... Well, spoil it for me, man. What, what happened? How does it right. explain? So, like, you know that one black guy with the white hair and stuff? What's his name? It's, yeah, like, Alex's dad. Yeah, yeah, the scientist. Yeah, he, um... I, I'm not sure if I heard this correctly, but I think G-Man whispered in his ear or mm-hmm. something, and that, and he, like, pressed a button. I might, I might be wrong, and... But, so, he pressed this one button, that's what made everything mess up, because I heard him just talking, he's like, and that's when he whispered in my ear, and everything went wrong, and huh. stuff like that. I might have to replay it and see how, like, how it really went, because I, I didn't know about this part, and I wasn't really listening, because usually when I turn my speakers kind of go weird and stuff, and I can't really hear them, and I was exploring uh, the Bummer. <laughs> So in Half-Life 2, though, it seems like it's set, like, a bunch, a few years in the future, after the first one, mm-hmm. where the aliens have come through and it, everybody's used to it. Yeah. Uh, but there's this guy who scares and controls people by using the aliens against him, right? Yeah. And he creates this whole, like, society where he's got everything oppressed and there's soldiers everywhere, the Combine. Yeah. yeah. G- G-Man, he's like, he's like the g- guy... Kind of mm-hmm. like the guy. Yeah, the guy. He's like the guy. <laughs> yeah, he's a, he kind of just like he pops out of nowhere and stuff. You see him a lot in Half Life One if you really look into some areas. Yeah, yeah, he's behind the window in the beginning. Yeah, and, yeah. And then like, and then you can see him like anywhere if you just like kind of look everywhere. Mm-hmm. And in Half Life Two, you 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 don't really see him a lot. You just kind of. In the first part of Half-Life 2, you, he kind of just talks to you about stuff and, like, what's been going on and stuff. And so, you, like, get off this train and explore City 17 and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, what I remember from Half-Life 1 is that it opened up the dimensional rift and then you actually, eventually ended up going to the alternate dimension and killing the big mother brain type yeah, monster. Yeah, the Nanolith. Yeah, yeah. Which was a hard level that one it had a lot of jumping on yeah. floating pieces of rock and stuff really yeah. sometimes, irritate sometimes there's some glitches like because uh-huh. i i i wasted like all my ammo every gun i had just trying to kill him because i know i had to shoot him like right in the head after i destroyed all those diamonds around him uh-huh. i kept doing that and it and it just like wouldn't kill him like uh-huh. it took me like and like literally 30 minutes to kill him but so i had to restart the level and kill him all over 
Yeah, that, that level was annoying. Yeah. I found that level annoying. But then in number two, the there's no alien mastermind that's leading the, the headcrab aliens. It's some guy on Earth. And so the whole thing about Ravenholm is like this is some town that was rebelling against him. And so he launches all these missiles of headcrabs into it, right? Yeah. And you get dropped off in the town and you've got the new gravity gun, which lets yeah. you shoot. Um, it lets you pick up heavy Pick up objects. saw blades. And there's saw blades all over the town for yeah. some reason. Because well, it's fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's this one guy there. He's, his name's Father Gregory. Mm-hmm. And he he's kind of like, he's kind of having a blast with just staying there and killing all the zombies. He's he's a priest. That's right. So that's why they call him Father. Yeah. And so he just like guides you. Well, first you guide yourself through the town, kill all these freaky zombies and stuff. And then he you kind of follow him through the graveyard. Mm-hmm. And then a bunch of head crabs and zombies come out. But the fun thing is there's a... There's a, there's a tons of barrels like surrounding right. the place you stand at. Yeah. And so you can shoot them in the and there's a circle of fire like surrounding them. So if they come through they get on fire mostly they don't get to you on time before they die because yeah. of fire. So uh did you how far did you play through that series? You played all the way through episode two? Yeah, I played I, So you're waiting for episode three. Come on, put out episode three, yeah, Half Life Two. I beat every game of Half Life, I think. Wow. They made I'm, even the all the spin-offs like the opposing shift and the blue. Yeah. Wow. So, do you think it's a, a horror game series or is it more of a science it's, fiction game series? It's kind of like both because the horror there's a in the first one there's a lot of gore and stuff because uh-huh. if you explode them all their intestines giblets and, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> flying everywhere. But in like Half Life Two, if you just explode them, the body just kind of flops everywhere and stuff. Right. And there's just blood in that one, not the gore. But yeah, I think it's also science fiction and action. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If you if you like first person shooters with a lot of weird stuff going on, yeah, I'd probably recommend it for you. Oh yeah, it's really popular. It's one of the most popular ones, and it's based on the Source engine, which is um, <clears throat> Valve's, you know, engine being, you know, the the guts of the game. Yeah. And so they use Source to make all these other games, like Left for Dead and everything too. Okay, well, that pretty much covers the Half-Life series. I played it on PS2. That's probably the only version of Half-Life you haven't played is they have a co-op version on the PS2 Yeah, version. I've played that. You have played it? Yeah. Oh, you got it all down, man. <laughs> the Half-Life expert. Anything i got to ask about Half-Life, you've got to ask oh, yeah. Calvin about it. In Blue Shift, if you get that game, mm-hmm. uh, there's this one thing where you install this like HD pack, and that also it also gives you... like It makes everything all high quality and stuff, and it gives you those guns... Like, from the PS2 version, it looks like... It gives you those guns that... The look of the guns from the PS2 version. It's not like the the MP5 gun for your machine gun and it has a grenade launcher. Uh-huh. And so, like, it gives you those guns and stuff. And huh. it's really cool. So you played all the way through the Decay, the Half-Life 2 yeah, co-op. Decay. How did you do that? Did you have a co-op partner or did you yeah. switch off? Sometimes... It's harder to play with one player because you, kinda... you switch you switch characters too, and if you're on this one level because you have to turn on a fan and stuff, uh-huh. you also have to control both of your characters. Like you're probably with. Did one you character. do that? Yeah, it's so confusing though because like <laughs> you're like now how am I supposed to get my other character over there? I'm trying to imagine you like holding two controllers in your lap and working like fingers on the <laughs> yeah, stage no. and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but I have my sister play with me mm-hmm. and. It's fun, except... How's your my, sister? 
She's about nine years old. Yeah? Did it scare yeah. her at all? No, she she loves Half-Life. Ah, fact. that's cool. And so, like, my Half-Life 2 PS2 version, it broke because my baby brother scratched it and stuff. Oh. So I can't play DK anymore. I have to buy a new version. Can you take it to a shop and have them polish it up? Yeah, probably. Because I, I bought it from GameStop. You don't really see the original Half-Life game there anymore. Yeah. Well, so, if you're in Colorado, you can go to a buyback games and they keep those disc polishers yeah. right there. Only cost you five bucks for them to polish it up. And a lot of times they won't even charge you. Yeah. That's I, cool. I know this one store that doesn't charge just to clean a disc. That's nice. Yeah. Okay, well, that pretty much covers the Half-Life series. Uh, we're going to take another quick break, folks, and come back with a Happy Game Family Go Focus. podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, we're back, folks. All right, and there's this one level of Half-Life Redemption. It's like the second level, and so you're in this carnival, except you get to have fun and stuff. Mm-hmm. And there's this one little machine where you uh, press a button, and then those little thingies that screech and stuff, they're like little spiders, except they're fat and big and stuff. The head crabs? No, not those. They're like, it only has like one eye, and it's like a green eye. Oh, wow. And so you press that button, and there's a hologram scientist right there. And so you, it just like you can watch it attack the scientist and stuff, and it's really funny. Yeah. And there's this one, ri- and then there's this one ride where you see that giant. Uh, well, there's this cage next to the ride, uh-huh. and it has this that giant um thingy. It's like Gonark. <laughs> the yeah, you see Gonark. That by the way, that's a that giant spider thing with four legs, and it has that sack of guts and stuff on its uh, belly. Is that a boss? No, you just it's just trapped in a cage and you can look at it and stuff. Oh, and wow. if you throw a grenade in there, it explodes it and it's like automatically dead. It's kind of funny. Huh. But then you go through this ride and then you see a skeleton on the ground and you see all the... It just takes you through all these monsters and stuff and you see that giant red-eye guy. Was okay. that a Half-Life 2 Redemption you said? Half-Life Redemption. It's like the first one. If you download, if you install Blue Shift, uh-huh. you get this choice of games to install and you just download that one. From Steam? No, it's, well, no, it doesn't work with Steam. You have to actually have the Half-Life Blue Shift CD. Oh, hard cheese. Yeah. Uh. So you download that game and it's, I, I beat it. It's only like five levels though, but it's really hard but fun. Huh, cool. On the carnival, I just have fun and stuff. Well, okay, we've covered Half-Life pretty good. Why don't you guys tell me what other scary games you can think of you've played? Fear 2. Fear? You like the Fear series? Yeah, that game is scary. Did you try the first one? Yeah, I, I played the first one and stuff. It's, it's like, freaky. I haven't played the second one hmm. yet, but I, I really want to get the second one. How about you, Noah? You've been all quiet. You're burying your face in <laughs> yes, the blanket. Yes, finally. <laughs> he wants to um, get attention. Go for it. Well, Left for Dead. Yeah? Me and my dad... My dad and I, I mean, and Calvin, we've all played it, and that's... It's kind of scary, but it's kind of fun. funny. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like, it's, it's kind of like a movie, too. It's cause... kind of like Zombieland. Yeah, Did you no. see Zombieland? No, but I really want to. Oh, uh, yeah, it's a funny movie. But uh, it's kind of like, you know, the 
I mean, the zombies can be scary, you know, when they hoard you and you least expect yeah. it, and then, you know... Especially uh, the witches. Yeah, the witches, actually, are the oh, scariest yeah, no. part of that. I also hate part. when the tank had... Oh, oh yeah, he... that was so funny. What? Which? Uh, all right, so... No, I'll tell it. All right. This one time I was playing, and, like, we were right by the safe house, and it was the last level in a chapter. I spawned a bunch of mobs of horde, and... Like, a witch came. Mm -hmm. So then I ran into the safe house and just closed the door. And, like, Bill and Lewis were already dead. Because mm -hmm. I was left for dead one. Right. And then there was a witch murdering Zoe. And she was screaming and stuff. And you could see her blood splatter through the air onto the walls and stuff. It was so and funny. And you just let her die. And yeah, you're I was hiding. like, so I'm not going out there. There's, like, ten... So I saw the witch out there. I'm like, no, quick shut the door. You're like, what? that was like, my when I was playing Left 4 Dead 2. You know that part where you get to the uh, stage and you activate the light show and everything. Oh yeah. I well, hated the helicopter it. came and I go running for the helicopter, and it's just me playing single player. And then the computer yeah. goes and is all lost and trying to save each other. And I'm like, yeah, screw no. him, get to the copter, get to the copter. And I was, I just waited there and everybody else died. And I just had to stand by the helicopter and shoot zombies as they were trying to get at me. And I was like, come on, come on, come on. And never, I'm not coming to get you. Yeah, and then <laughs> the credits it says, in memory of Lewis. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and stuff. What other scary games? I mean, no, those games are kind of scary slash funny Scary yeah. slash sci-fi. Have you guys played any just straight-up horror games that really scared you? Now, you mentioned one, an old one downstairs that your parents used to play. Phantasmagoria? Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm i not sure if that's scary or not. You just play as this one girl. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if they have a multiplayer because my parents were playing together when they are like, young and stuff. Uh-huh. So, like, you're just this lady, and, the, and I don't want to spoil it for you guys, but, like... At the end, probably you nobody plays it anymore. Phantasmagoria. The game's yeah. so old. Yeah, so like, at the end, you, your your character figures out that your husband kills all these kills women because mm -hmm. you go in this room and then you see a bunch of dead women and stuff. And oh wow! So she figures out that he kills them, and I'm not sure if you guys fight or not. Hmm. But I, my parents just told me about the game. I tried playing it myself. It was like, it's like Monkey Island, but. Oh, it's sort, of, sort of like an adventure game. Yeah, but it's like ten times harder because I have no idea what to do. Huh. What about other ones? Any other scary game memories you guys can come up with? Uh, Doom 3. Doom yeah, 3 yeah. Was, scary. was scary. That's what they call a monster closet game because every time you would walk down a hallway, all of a sudden a door would pop open and there's monsters that was just waiting in the closet or for you. Or just a yeah. zombie was just in the dark. You're afraid to turn your flashlight on and see what's oh, really there. See, now, did you play that on PC <laughs> or Xbox? Uh, both. Now, on PC, I heard they had a mod you could get where you could leave your light on and still have your gun out. Yeah, well, like, you tape your flashlight to your gun or something. Yeah, did you play with that, or were you playing with no, switch back and was, forth? You can either see what's going on, or you can shoot something. Yeah, you're like, should oh. I shoot or just switch my flashlight? Yeah, that's frustrating. How about you, Noah? I don't really play that many scary games, just like, um... Yeah. Well, because they seem to scare you. I mean, when yeah. we were playing Silent Hill Shattered Memories... Uh, we would get to the nightmare <laughs> parts, and Noah would be like, I'm going to go get a drink. And then I would come and be back. gone for like 10 minutes. That was a long drink. And come back and see that we're still in the nightmare and be like, I need to go to the bathroom. <laughs> got ice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, we were playing The Grudge last night for the Wii. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Come on, yeah, The Grudge. Yeah, we could, like, scare each other. No, what did you think of that game? It was 
It was scary, not that scary. It was, it was kind of like pop at you, scary, like boom. Yeah, kind of startly scary. Yeah, because yeah, you walk slow and everything's dark, and if your flashlight battery runs out, she runs she, right to you. Did we ever know? get past the hospital? No. Yeah, we did. So that game didn't get very good reviews because I guess the scares are kind of they repeat. Yeah. Yeah, and like if you walk kind of cheap door. scares, kind of boop, like you said. Yeah. And like if you're play if you're playing a two player, mm -hmm. the scares that you give them, it's not really scary because all you do is see handprints on the screen. Oh yeah, some of no, them are pretty stupid. scary because you see the Grudge Girl for a little bit and then it goes like do and it makes yeah, a yeah. something noise. positive. At least that's kind of creative though. I can't remember another game where it's two player and the other player controls Can, trying to yeah, scare yeah. you. And the thing I think is weird because we're playing that and mm -hmm. we're on the first level. I see the little boy just running, and he's, like, naked. He's just, like, running across the hall. Like, oh, yeah, I know. That was, that was so funny. Yeah, yeah. It was just weird. I was like, why would he just run past us and not scare us? Yeah. <laughs> well, that game is more about startle scares, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. But uh, I think it, uh, even though it got crummy reviews, I think uh, at least they're going for something a little bit different. It yeah. feels like it was kind of made to be played in a group like you guys were. Yeah. And... Uh, for things to boo, kind of scare you like that. Yeah, and then have everyone scream. Yeah, <laughs> at the yeah. end, it like kind of, it'll tell you your sissy level and your yeah, level oh, yeah, based on how much you shook the remote while you were playing. <laughs> yeah, that. I think that's why they called it a haunted house simulator instead yeah. of a game. It was, it was kind of funny because whenever something popped out at Josh, he'd like purposely shake the remote. Yeah, and then he get a big <laughs> sissy level. I'm not yeah. sure. We haven't passed that. Level. <laughs> uh, Sabrina got like a tiny sissy level because she didn't get scared of anything. She didn't jump at all. She's pretty steel-nerved yeah. after all the Silent Hill she's I know. Seen. We've been watching so much Silent Hill. Yeah, the girls really have been wanting me to play a lot of Silent Hill. I'll talk about a we lot even, of Silent Hill with the girls, but what do you guys think about those games? Have you seen much Silent Hill? You said you yeah. played number four. Yeah. How many ones have you played? Which ones? I've only played number four. Mm -hmm. I think I might have played the Origins. I'm not sure. Yeah. But, yeah, I played number four, and it was just, like, really hard, because I, I found this hole in the wall so, to go through, and then I found this dog thingy. Yeah, is that about as far as he went? Yeah, and then I couldn't figure out where to go, because I was walking around all everywhere in the train station. Is where you end up. Oh, in the subway? Yeah. yeah the what subway. about uh, any other scary games? Anything you can think of? Um, um, well, Doom 1 and Doom 2, they're, they're, they're cool, but if they mm. just had better graphics, it'd be pretty scary, because... It's all 2D, cartoonish. Right. Yeah, it wasn't until Doom 3 that they really got serious about yeah. being scary. Did you play that one all the way through? Doom 2? 3. Yeah. yeah. It was pretty scary. scary. It scared the crap out of me when the devil was talking. He was like, oh, humanity shall be driven to hell. I was like, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did you play the uh, like sequel expansion pack that came out with that? Resurrection uh, of Evil? Yeah, I only got past the first level, though. That, gave, that one was way different because it gave you a different gun that you were supposed to, like, catch the fireballs yeah, and throw and them back. The and your time. guy talks, and it's kind of cheesy how they said things. He's like, this is one guy who's just laying down on the ground saying, oh, I tried to shoot him, I tried to grab his fireball, but it was too late. <laughs> He's like, I'll do this for you. And it was like, <laughs> it was like yeah. Oh, okay, I get it. I should grab the fireball. Yeah, very <laughs> obvious. Hmm. Try to catch it with my fireball, but I just what do you can't... think makes a game scary? And probably the music, the mostly because yeah. if they the had atmosphere no... and stuff. Yeah, if they had no music and jumping music, it'd probably just something would jump out at you. You'd be like, "Oh, look, there's a monster!" But yeah. it's like, Duh! it's like, holy crap! 
But there's yeah, a certain level of realism that you need out of the graphics for a game to be scary. Yeah, yeah. Like you, you were saying, Doom the... 1 and 2 weren't... I mean, those were blocky demons that weren't really all that scary. Yeah, I think Doom 3, music or not, it'd still be freaky. Yeah, because of the graphics? Yeah. Well, uh, now, in terms of scary games versus scary movies, which is scarier? Probably, I probably uh, think games. Yeah, because you actually have to like you actually go around you f- that corner. Feels like you're actually in it instead of like you're like, oh no, what's gonna happen next? You you have to look at the screen and yeah, it's gonna no. pop out. What are some of the scariest movies you guys have seen? Uh, probably there's this one really old movie. It's called Mutants. It like scared me really bad because I was like really little and stuff. Yeah, my dad didn't know it was so scary. Yeah, because. It's just about, like, these people that are, like, zombies, except they're mutated. They all have blue skin, and they have the scariest moan in the world, and their eyes are all yellow and stuff, and they're chasing these people everywhere, and this lady was just in the car alone, and all of a sudden, all these things, like, pop out, and it's, like, scary as all get out. So that was one of your, like, early scary movie memories, man. How young were you? I was, like, first or second grade. I remember, I know one that... Go ahead. One of my early scary movies, It, the clown. It, yeah, the Stephen King one. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's a clown. Just, uh, I hate clowns now. Because <laughs> we watched that movie when I was like four. Yeah. And it just. Uh, I don't think you were four. You had to be a little older than that, maybe. No, I was like four or five. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Wow, scary movie. Yeah, I know. That one uh, plays on childhood fears a lot. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and The Cube. You still haven't read that book, oh, though. Cube. The Cube oh, yeah. was also scary, because if you think about it, like, it kind of scares you the fact that you're trapped in this cube and trying to get out. I know. Cube, yeah. There's these dangerous There's traps, pla- in, like, traps in, like, you could just go into this room and all of a sudden lights out, you're dead. Yeah. Like, you, yeah. D- you don't even know what hit you. Hmm. Yeah. Okay, well, we're going to take a little break now, and maybe we'll come back a little bit uh, and talk about this some more, okay? Okay. All right, we'll be right back with the Happy Game Family Go! Fuck it. <laughs> Folks, we're back with the Happy Game Family Go podcast. And boys, we're probably about to wrap up this uh, first section on scary games with you guys. Uh, One thing I wanted to mention, we went through Half-Life again in a project I wanted to mention. Right now, it's still a fan project. Uh, Valve hasn't bought it and put it on Steam yet like they did with Half-Life Source. But uh, what's coming out is called Black Mesa source yeah Yeah. basically what they're talking about half-life source was they took the old the first half-life game and they redid it in the source engine yeah to give it the you know modern physics graphics yeah now they're black mesa source is like the first one but re-edited and Mm -hmm. kind of with different looking levels new higher quality graphics so i've been watching uh they have a twitter for the black mesa source developers and they have a website 
You can just run a, a web search for Black Mesa Source if yeah, you're a Half-Life fan. What's that? I saw a trailer. Oh, did, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, they have a trailer on YouTube if you look it up. Yeah, so if you're a Half-Life fan, but you'd like to go back and remember that game, not all chunky and blocky, <laughs> uh, look forward to that Black Mesa Source. It's coming out. Uh, you know, I guess when they're done with it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, the other thing I mostly wanted to just talk about on Scary Games was uh, whether or not you thought Scary Games was something that kids should be enjoying, what age they should start enjoying it, what the good and the bad impact of it is, and what it's made you think about stuff. Yeah, I think you should... If, if you uh, really like the scary stuff, I think at eight, at the age you should play scary stuff when you're really young, so mm -hmm. that way when you grow up you're really used to it, so you won't be, like, scared of a lot of stuff. You right. would just be kind of, like, all, like, not, like, scared and frightened and stuff, so I'm not saying that for, like, parents just to let them play gory, scary games. They, like, right. some games they should probably play at first are probably, like, Doom, pro probably, except that might be a little bad, but... Still, it's like, it's an okay game, mm -hmm. but, and the bad impact that would probably happen is they'd probably get addicted, so I wouldn't start too young. Right, right. And, um... Well, you know, I mean, there's there's the effect, like you mentioned, of, of kid, getting kids not too sensitive to scary stuff. Yeah, not... I mean, because life has scary stuff in it, too, and if yeah. you're if you're not used to being scared and what that feels like and how to get over it a little bit... You know, I don't necessarily know if there's a good recommendation you can give to any parent. You kind of have to know your own kid a little bit. Yeah. Like me, I was kind of interested when I was young in scary stuff. Uh, but you can also over-scare your kid. Like, have you ever seen those YouTube videos of kid oh, yeah. parents that make their yeah. kids play the scary maze? Yeah, I've, I played the scary maze game by myself. Uh-huh. Look and... it up on the internet, folks. Scary maze game. Uh, but don't do it to your kids no. necessarily because I've seen YouTube videos where, where people are making their kids play Scary Maze game and the kid ends up crying and you feel bad and you're like, what a mean parent. There's this really funny YouTube video because this one kid was seeing Britney Spears and it was like, dude. Uh -huh. And so he, his mom was telling him to come to bed. Uh -huh. So she snuck in and when he was like, hit me baby one more time, his mom was like, what? And he's like, ah! I, like, literally fell down on the ground, like, having a heart attack. <laughs> I can remember watching a scary movie with my parents, and I had to be, I don't know, seven or eight, because it was in the old house, and we were watching The Thing. Oh, that John Carpenter's scary. The Thing, yes, scary. Yeah. Uh, and so I'm watching this movie, and it's got me all freaked out, and my dad puts a bag on his head and gets behind the couch... And pops up and goes, rah, 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 rah. and I was like, <laughs> cried, and I got all upset, and he had to be, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, you know. Yeah. But uh, being scared is a natural part of life, you know. I think maybe some scary games have more disturbingly adult content than others. Yeah. Like games that might have weird kind of. Uh, sexual connotations or uh, mm -hmm. be scary in really uncomfortable ways. Yeah, some like probably guys. some games you should play, scary games you should play is probably Silent Hill 2 to get used to the scary stuff. Yeah, Not well, Silent Hill 2. <laughs> no, just, <laughs> that's I'm saying the, Silent Hill, like, 
Silent Hill, Hill too. Silent not, Hill also. Yeah, Silent Hill. Oh. Silent well, Silent Hill Two is one of the more advanced and scary, <laughs> scary games that we recently just uh, the girls put their shoulder behind me and they wanted me to, you know, they wanted me to play through it for them to see, and they were screaming and jumping. There was plenty <laughs> about that game that scared them, especially Pyramid Head. Yeah, he was, he was, he was the most effective Silent Hill monster. That's why they put him in the first movie, even though he wasn't in the first game. Yeah. What do you think of it? How does he get a pyramid head? I know. Yeah, yeah. When we saw a pyramid head, we didn't really freak out or anything. Yeah. Like at the part where he was walking around that circle and there was the cages on the floor with those things crawling on them. Hannah and Sabrina were screaming and moving away from the TV. Yeah. And we were just sitting there. I was like... Oh, yeah, don't don't go over there. Don't go there. That's um, bad. That's because you were reading the facts. <laughs> there you are. Back to the cheating. <laughs> well, um, so it's hard to make a recommendation for parents what age is good for, for scary games. It's up to your own kid. Yeah. I, I know that I probably uh, uh, started out fairly early with the interesting scary stuff. And I don't know if that's just varies from kid to kid. Is your do you have like other kids that you know or sisters or friends that just they don't want anything to do with it? Yeah, yeah. My sister, she's like she loves everything, every anything scary. Mm-hmm. Like she loves zombies, right? And stuff. My brother, he he likes the Star Wars um, stuff and all. Yeah, he's not he, interested in scary stuff at all. Yeah, he. Because we sleep in the basement at my grandma's house, and sometimes it can get pretty dark and uh-huh. creepy. Yeah. So sometimes he just walks upstairs and tells my mom that he's scared. So my mom makes a bed for him on the ground and sleeps up there. So I'm, like, the only one down there sleeping. And then I wake up, and I'm like, oh, Jake's probably upstairs. And I walk in my mom's room. He's sleeping there. Right. So different kids have different tolerance for fear, and that doesn't depend on their age. Yeah. I, back then, I used to be really scared of stuff. Now I, I'm just like, yeah, I love scary stuff and all. Well, Noah, for example, had to leave during the scary scenes of Shattered Memories. Yeah, and I don't know why I didn't do that for Silent Hill 2. Oh, that's weird. I know. Something like about the, Silent Hill 2 is scary for girls. The, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the gra- I don't know. I think I just left for Silent Hill Shattered Memories just because you can't actually do anything except for just run, the running and then look back and see them running towards you did that part freak you out the looking over the shoulder and seeing him running towards yeah, you probably because like pyramid head he probably would have been pretty scary to me if he could like run mm-hmm. and he held his sword all up like this right he was slashing it trying to get you and yeah stuff. yeah <laughs> something about that slow deliberate approach scared you less but yeah. scared the girls more weird and interesting yeah. well so do you think that there's a bad influence on kids by showing them something scary too soon? Um, no. No, unless it's bad or gory. Yeah, unless it's... Yeah? Yeah, because then, then it, like, scarred. sticks in your mind. Yeah. And, yeah. and then you think that you can go around and just kill people. Yeah. Well, have you ever known a kid who felt that way? Mm-hmm. There's this one kid at my school. His name is Junior. Uh-huh. He's, like, really... Really bad. Wait a minute. You remember Junior? junior? Yeah. That like freaked out in second. Oh wait, you were in second grade. Junior freaked out in second grade. No, I was in second grade. Do you know that that had anything to do with with something scary that he'd seen, or was that just a kid who acts that way? He was just really violent. Like he, I'm not sure, but he probably played some bad stuff. Not anything scary, but just. Well, see, my theory is that usually there's something more going on than just what they saw. 
in a movie or in TV, like maybe he has a, a, a disturbed home life. So it does vary from kid to kid. Yeah. Well, thanks for talking with me about this, guys. Yep. All right. Well, cool. So now yep. just go on and have fun with your day. And uh, we'll come back uh, with the girls in just a few minutes on the Happy Game Family Go podcast and talk about their experiences with scary games. And once again, thank you, fellas. You're welcome. All right. Cool. See you, guys. All right. Cool. Bye. Happy Game Family Go podcast. I'm sitting here with my daughter, Sabrina, and her friend, Hannah, Hey. and my son, Noah, Hello. and myself, the dad, Dana. So, uh, we are talking this week, you know, I had trouble trying to think of what we should talk about this week, like whether I should do something topical or something hip with the times, with the kids in your cool lingo, but then I noticed what you guys were just playing, and I figured even though it's been the week of Valentine's Day, yes. you weren't playing love, lovey games, you were playing no. scary games. Yes. Now, I remember last time when we talked with Hannah, Sabrina, it was all about co-op games, and we were talking about what you guys were picking to play, and I asked you if you thought you were picking the games that you did because they were horror or because they were co-op. And you said, eh, probably co-op. But in the time since, nobody's played any other kinds of co-op games. You guys have been interested in scary games. Yes. Why is that? Yes. Well, because, you know, they're just interesting. Yeah? I they're think just... they're, they're quite fun, you know? The scare gives you a little more of that, like, wanting to play, you know? It's like, if you have to go towards this door, but, you know, there's something behind the door mm -hmm. that you don't want to go towards, you just have to, like... Face your fears and go through the door and be like, you know, I gotta fight this thing. I gotta do this. So it has do to it. do with overcoming fear. Uh huh. I think that's mostly yes. what it's about. Yes. But you also seem to enjoy the thrill. Yeah. yeah. It's very yes. thrilling. Yes. It makes yes, my heart very much. Brace. Scares and thrills. Yes. Yes. Quite scary. Yes. Well, what's what did we play here this week recently? You well, guys got your shoulder behind me. First off, Sabrina, you had me playing. Uh, well, last weekend we started Silent Hill 2. Yes, 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 for, we did. For the two of you. Uh, and then rather than play through it without Hannah, because when we did that with Shattered Memories, she got so frustrated she had to go buy her own copy of the game and yep, play it. and beat it. Um, then during the week we played Silent Hill 1. Yes. The original PlayStation. And then this weekend we went back through and beat Silent Hill 2. And then you guys wanted me to play more Silent Hill. Mm -hmm. Even though I'm getting a little tired of Silent Hill. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> no, I'm not. No. I didn't mean it. So I started Silent Hill 3 because you guys couldn't agree which one we should play 
And that was the one I picked because I like to do things in order. It's my, yes. you know, uh, compulsive nature. Uh, but then you wanted to see number four really badly. Yep. And so you so started I started playing. Four. I so, wanted to see you play Homecoming. Yes, and you, you uh, have be grown frustrated at the actual gameplay of Homecoming because if you're not... It's not like the other games where you mostly just walk up to something and whack it with a stick. Mm -hmm. There's dodging and different moves and you have to either master it or die. Yeah. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. and so you want me to do it. Yes. I so do. on a lot of these games, you guys don't necessarily want to play through, but you want to watch me play through. Well, it's just because, like, it's the kind of game, like, I don't know, it's just, it's interesting to watch. Like, you know, like, it's like a movie. Like, you know, it's yeah. different, though. Like, yeah. you just kind of, like, want to, like, sit back and just watch it instead of actually playing yeah. it, you know? And you've yeah. also, like, played through it, so... Yeah. Like, you'd know more. Like, I'm not going to get stuck. Like, You're not yeah. going to have to watch me just wander around yeah. town and go, What? Yeah. Where? Yeah. What key? Yes. Yeah. Which is kind of why I like Shattered Memories, because, you know, it's, like, yeah, the, those other reviews were kind of right. I mean... Yeah, you find, like, the key to some door, like, five feet away from the door. And mm -hmm. you know that if something is scary, like, in some place, you know nothing is going to happen because it's not a nightmare world. Right. You, I mean, like, ooh, the wreath fell off the tree. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. From the X-Play review, that was pretty funny. Yep, that was quite funny. But it's still a great game, I think, because it's not more of the scary. It's more of, like, the storyline, you know? And you can play, like... So many times you can get, like, four different endings or a UFO ending by calling, like, this fruitcake association or something at the beginning of the thing. You have to find the number, like, online. Okay. Uh, first off, let's go ahead and do it. It's a spoiler warning for everybody. We're going to go ahead and talk about Silent Hill Shattered Memories without worrying about spoiling the plot for you. So if you're worried about spoiling the plot, uh, you might want to skip ahead uh, till our next musical break after we're done spoiling Shattered here. Uh, shattered memories. We'll take a break and then come back for the rest of Silent Hill. So yes. let's let's talk about shattered memories. It was all different from the. We can spoil all the earlier Silent Hill. The spoiler warning has expired. If somebody's coming in later on Silent Hill, uh, if they don't want to get any of that spoiled, they can maybe just skip way ahead in the podcast. So yes. yeah, the plot on Shattered Memories was all different from the plot on on Number One. Yeah. Because it's like this guy, Harry Mason, mm -hmm. and he gets into a car accident at the way beginning of the game, and you're going through these psychology meetings, and you assume that that's Harry and the psychology things right. that come up just time after time. And so you're Harry Mason, you get into a car accident, and you think that your seven-year-old daughter, Cheryl, has gone missing. Mm -hmm. So this entire game, he's trying to find Cheryl. Mm -hmm. And so... He goes through all these insane things, like, and you get these echo messages, which means, like, if you get to, like, the certain thing, your, like, flashlight starts to, like, flicker. Right, right. It makes, like, this interference noise and stuff like that. Yeah, from your cell phone. Yeah. yeah, then you finally make it over there, something happens, and, like, it moves or something, and then you get, like, a, either a voicemail or a text message. Mm -hmm. And that says something that happened there. Not exactly, like, referring to Harry, but just something that happened there. Right. And so then you get that, and then, like... Yeah, you, like, get that, and then you just keep going through the game, and then eventually you get to this thing called a nightmare. Everything goes into, like, ice, and so that blocks off a bunch of the roads, you know, because mm -hmm. this entire game, it's snowing. The entire game. Which is actually, uh, I thought, was a legitimate criticism we had of the game. Yeah. I wish they had used 
big like breaks in the concrete like they did in all the other Silent Hills where you couldn't yeah. go down. Oh, oh, shame on me. Yes. Oh, oh, oh I'll call you back, Mom. Call. Okay, I'll call her back. Uh, all right. I wish they had used big cracks and ravines in the road. And rust and stuff, but anyways. Well, it didn't have to be rusty. I didn't mind that Nightmare World was icy. I yeah. thought it was a good idea yes. to do something different. Yes. Yeah, that's true. But... You were like, oh, no, he won't be able to climb over that. Uh, that big pile of snow. Yeah, like, so to, to have him like, be like the obstacle, a pile of snow in the roadway, and yet to have him be able to climb over fences at high mm-hmm. speed, it was a little bit uh, weird. Yeah. Unlike, made me kind of unhappy, because every single time there'd be a big pile of snow, I'd be like, oh, looks like you can't go that way because there's snow. Well, but anyway, skip ahead to the end. Yeah. Anyway, so at the ending, the ending I first got by answering all these psychology questions, it the game plays you as much as you play it. Ah, marketing. Yes. <laughs> it, it's very true, though. That's what it said at the beginning. Yes, it did. Well, but, so how's it end? But, okay, so my ending was, so you go through all this other crap, and then, like, so at the end, Harry Mason walks into the psychology room. And you're already in there, and you think you're Harry Mason, right? Right. And then you see him walk through the door. It's like, What? What? Are there two Harry Masons? Is he looking at himself? And then you keep talking to the psychologist, and then it's like, yeah, he has always been there for you, Cheryl. And then it turns around, and there's Cheryl right there. Yeah. The entire time you're looking for him, the entire time he's been there. So you're the She's daughter, there, you know, you know so like 10 years later. Meetings, yeah, and then so it turns out that Harry Mason had died 18 years ago in a car crash. Yeah. And that this is just like his like ghost or spirit or something trying to find Cheryl. And it's all kind of happening in Cheryl's or head. Or it's all in her head, yeah. Uh-huh. And Which, she thinks she's seeing things that actually never existed. So she was hiding something from herself, which was basically the fact that her father had, dead. had died. Yeah. Which was similar to the plot of Silent Hill 2. Yeah. A little bit, wasn't it? Yeah, Psychologically, because, yeah, the Mary character was, was dead, hiding something from themselves. He hadn't he remembered. that he killed her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because she had had a terminal illness and he was all, uh, uh, messed up, uh, and she wanted him to kill him, but he was also kind of upset at her for being sick for so long and, you know, sucking up his whole life. Uh, and you know, you heard audio from her, how she went up and down and got all emotional and weird and crazy Mm -hmm. at times. Uh, and you had to imagine what he'd been through a little bit. Mm -hmm. So... Those two kind of plot twists are very powerful Silent Hill plot twists because they're they're psychological, the basis of those games. Now, number one that we're playing through now, and number three, and number four really aren't like that. They're more about external scary things than secrets people are keeping from themselves. Which do you think is more scary? I think the external ones where there are monsters coming after you are scarier. Yeah, yeah. And they have absolutely nothing to do with you. I think it's frightening. I think the ones where you have to kill them are more scary. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that too. Why? why? Well, because they make, like, the ones in Shattered Memories, they all just, like, look the same. Pretty much, And they, like, all they would do is chase you, so that wasn't really, like, scary at all. But then the other Silent Hill games, they have all these other kinds of, like, monsters, like Pyramid Head. And that's, like... (gasps) That's creepy, so, (laughs) like... Well, I did notice that you got different monsters on Shattered Memories depending on your answers. But they still were, like, both... They still were, like, pink little... 
skinless screaming skinless children. Naked naked children. children. Yes, thank you, Adam Sussler, X Play, for poking the hole in our enjoyment of the game and deflating it. <laughs> no, but we enjoyed it the first time playing through, and then we noticed its flaws more. Coming back and playing through again. Yes. Yeah, but... Um, well, now, Silent Hill 2 scared you guys more than any of the other because ones. Pyramid Head. Why is... Why, what's so well, scary Pyramid about Head Pyramid Head? just like... He's just... You, something about him. I mean, he's also creepy looking. But he's just like... It's just sexual kind of... You know, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's not what scares me, though. The I mean, it's that, not that, that, that What he was doing me. to those other animals. Yeah. Just yeah. Like, he's just... He's just creepy. Yeah. Like, like the part that scares me the most about him is just like the way he moves and just like whenever I saw him I would scream and run to the other side yeah, of the room. Yeah. I'd be like, No, Pyramid Head And how he'll like just grip like, my like seat okay. and scream. And on that one part how we're he'll just at, look at you. Yes. You know? But we're at yeah. the end of the part where we're gonna spoil the plot for Shattered Memory, so we're gonna take a break so I can put some music in here and people listening can know that they can come back and we'll talk more about Pyramid Head in just a second on the Happy Game Family Go podcast. Back to the Happy Game Family Go podcast. We're talking about the scary games that our, our family has been interested in playing lately. Uh, specifically, we're talking about now. We're talking about Silent Hill Two, and uh, apparently the scariest game you guys have seen yet, right? I think Silent Hill Two is the best one. Yeah. And then Homecoming seems pretty interesting. I just want to find out the story, but just the fighting, I just cannot do. I'll play Homecoming for you, but let's let's talk about Silent Hill 2 and Pyramid Head. So you mentioned that you thought Pyramid Head was scary because of the way how he treated some of the other monsters had kind of vaguely sexual overtones, which Mm -hmm. is really adult content for you guys to be playing. Did it disturb you at all, or or was it just scary? It just was scary, I think. I mean, because you don't really know what he's doing. You can just tell it's something... I would oh, like say like I w- apron. I would like, say something, yeah. but you know, yeah, yeah, I do. Mm-hmm. You made a, uh, an inappropriate joke earlier. <laughs> we don't need it on our podcast, no. Um. So, but I do agree with you that Silent Hill Two is one of the scariest ones, not just because of the psychological surprise, the revelation that happened with uh, James and what he yeah. hadn't remembered. But just they had some techniques in that that they didn't use very much. Having that one really scary monster stalk you through the whole thing seems to be a very good scary technique. And it's not a lot of scary games have done it. They did it in Resident Evil 3 with Nemesis, Mm -hmm. which you might have remembered from the movie. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, But they haven't really done it uh, since then. And I think it's something they could try again. Um, It's... It's different than having just an identical type of monster, like in Shattered Memories, where there's, you know, they all look kind of the same. Uh, Although, you know, I did want to mention that, you know, based on the answers of those psychological quizzes, one of the complaints of that game was that there were all the same type of enemies. But then watching you guys play through it again, you get different ones on different playthroughs, Mm -hmm. which I thought was interesting. 
Wait for but, Shattered Memories? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but having Pyramid Head stalk you through that whole game, Silent Hill 2, was pretty powerful, I thought. Yeah. Yeah. He, he It ratcheted up the fear factor, especially that part. You guys were screaming and recoiling from the TV when... Uh, what was it? When you climbed on the ladder and like he was like in that room. Right, and then he was chasing us down the hallway and oh, he got yeah. Maria for the first God. time. Yeah. Scared me so much. But the way he chases you, he walks all slow and like Weird. creepy. He's like non human <laughs> Yeah. It's like yeah. what is that? Yeah. You don't seem human and like he has a pyramid on his head. It's like that's not even a real head. It's like a big metal box. Maybe he was really scary also. Because uh, I'm thinking of the monsters in Silent Hill uh, 3 and uh, in Silent Hill Homecoming and how they were kind of less scary. Maybe he was really kind of scary because he almost looked human. Mm, it almost yeah. looked like it could be a dude with a hat. I mean, when you look at the head, it's probably too pointed for a human head to actually fit in that hat. It. Yeah. But it almost looked human but didn't it wasn't it didn't move yeah. right you know yeah it was uh, incredibly strong for carrying that big heavy knife yeah yeah mm. and it was a one hit kill if you got hit by that thing yep you'd be dead um so silent hill 2 you thought was really good it's really one of the yes. m- internet's most prized horror games you know people still rave about it as not only being one of the scariest games out there uh, as, for example, uh, I showed you on DVD x Countdown of Ten Scariest Games. It was the number one yeah. that they did a few years back. Oh, yeah. But also for having some psychological depth and yes. interesting uh, revelations about the character and what the monsters actually represented for that character. They weren't just external monsters. They represented his internal fears and problems a little bit. Which really is what they say, you know, monsters really, that's what they are for us. They're a personification of fear. Yeah. Our fears. And like, I don't know, just with Pyramid Head, like, he just scared me. I don't know how, he just does. He's a scary monster. No, I can't really explain what about him scares me so much, but Mm -hmm. every time I saw him, I'd like freak out. And I'd be like, no, 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 no. And I didn't even want to look at the screen. And that, like, I started playing it a little bit, and then I got freaked out. Well, now, you have been able to play Silent Hill 4 a bunch. Yeah, because I was not pyramid heading it, that is. Well, tell us about your experience, your experience with that game. Well, I honestly, before I started playing, I had no idea there were ghosts in it, in which you cannot kill. Mm. So, if the, and they can still hurt you because somehow they give them, like, a headache. Mm-hmm. But whenever you, like, go through this hole, like, there's a big hole in your bathroom. And then if you climb through the hole, then you go into this alternate world of Silent Hill. And well, then, so you're, the the like, plot of the game basically involves the guy wakes up and he's trapped in his apartment yeah, until that hole room. opens yeah. up. But even so, he's still trapped in his room the entire time. He's, like, in his room, you know? Yeah. Like, and you can't get out of the windows because for some reason they don't open ever since he started having these nightmares. He cannot call anybody because it doesn't work ever since he started having these nightmares, but people can call him mm-hmm. occasionally. And his TV doesn't work. It's pretty much like he's getting cut off from all communication. And his door's all chained up and right. with all this crap, he can't get through the door. And But yet you can see, like, through this little hole in the wall so far, you can see, like, your next-door neighbor, Eileen. Mm-hmm. You can see what she's doing. You can look through the little peephole, and you can, like, see people out there. But you, like, bang on the door and do all this other stuff, and nobody can hear you and or see you. Yeah. They think it's just abandoned. So you're and probably about halfway through <coughs> that game so far. Probably not even close. I yeah. Mean, 
I I got stuck at this part where you have to get this like gardening tool and you have to like find like this place like in between where the lake and the house meet is where the hand is holding on to the ground or something like that and I've been looking around everywhere and I think I might have gotten to it but then a ghost came out and so I freaked out and ran back to the safe place. Ah, yes, I hated those <laughs> ghosts. Mm -hmm. um, and, it's sort of like a combination of shattered memories uh, and a regular Silent Hill. You've got enemies you can't defeat that you can only run away from mm. and dog creatures that you have to whack with a dogs. stick. And the bats, too. Yeah. Well, so when you finish that one, you'll have to give us your thoughts of it. Mm -hmm. But in general, what is it about Silent Hill that fascinates you guys? Just like the story of it. Like, I mean, it's a different story for like every game. But mm -hmm. like, it's like, you know, in the first one, how like, in the third one, mm -hmm. the um, like Heather chick is the daughter right. of Harry. Right. So like those two kind of combine. Uh-huh. But then like pretty much every other story are kind of like different. Self-contained little story. Yeah. yeah. But like some, they still have like some of the same monsters, like the dogs. Right. Are, pretty, are like a pretty. They're a little different one. in each one, yeah. but yeah, yeah, same types of monsters. Yeah. So kind of the anthology way it it goes, it's not really a complicated plot. You have to track from one to the next yeah. is appealing because you can jump in and out, mm -hmm. not have to worry about being lost. And it's also like just one of those games. Like what I like about games is where you can solve like puzzles, get to another room and stuff. Yeah, it is kind very of how like based. Resident Evil was. Yeah. That's what like because then I tried playing other games like. I don't know what games, but... Well, the other one that you played, which wasn't really scary, uh, and was definitely mature in terms of language... Oh, that one. ...was House of the Dead <laughs> Overkill. <laughs> yeah. Which I'm sure internet uh, parents are cringing everywhere to hear that I let you guys play through that with all the bad language in it. <laughs> yeah. But I'm, I'm not very restrictive on, you know, I, I don't allow you to use that language to say yeah. right to my face, but I'm not going to pretend you're not going to hear it in your life. And yeah. it was really used for comedy effect in mm -hmm. that game. It was game. great. That black guy was great. Yeah. Did you guys <laughs> so really fun. enjoy that game? I yeah. Loved it. it was it a was... quick playthrough for oh, you. Oh, yeah. It was only oh, yeah. like two hours. So that, but that was no puzzles at all. That was mm -hmm. all action. All shooting. Yep. And there was no really scariness to it. Yep. I mean, it no. had zombies. It was meant to be funny. Yeah. So. Yeah. But I enjoyed it very much. Me too. I still have on my list of recommendations for you if you enjoyed that. For you to try the Resident Evil Umbrella Chronicles. I tried playing, but I was used to preoccupied with a little obscure. Well, I'm not with that anymore. Well, there you have it. <laughs> well, honestly, one that I've been wanting to see is Siren. Oh, yeah. I've been wanting to see that, but I've well, been too afraid to play it myself. I have that on my PlayStation 3, but mm -hmm. I only have it because I imported it. Because yeah. I wanted it on disc. Oh, yeah, Calvin and I looked at it, and it, the it's back Japanese. it's all Japanese. Yeah, because I wanted it on disc, and they, for some reason, released it on disc in Japan, and released it on disc in Europe, and then left North America to do it as download only, mm. which would have taken up, I think, about a quarter of my hard drive on my PS3. No. Yeah, so I, I said pass, and that was the first game I ever imported. Mm. And I recently imported another game. Wait, that's not, like, illegal. No, no. Oh, good. Uh, I recently imported another game for the Wii because you guys were watching me play through Fatal oh, Frame a little bit the other day. Fatal Frame 4. Yes, number 4 is coming my way uh, for me to play on the Wii. Uh, and I'll tell the internet people about how I accomplished that a little bit later since that one is in all Japanese. 
uh, Siren actually came in English, but Fail to Frame 4 is in Japanese, and I'm going to have to use a patching technique in order to see English subtitles for that. So I'm trying to quickly play through 1, 2, and 3, but I couldn't because you guys insisted on Silent Hill. <laughs> because ghosts scare you too much, huh? Anna? No, me? Yes. Yes. Yeah, they scare me. So that was a nasty surprise that they are in Silent yep. Hill 4, huh? Yep. Yep. Well, what is, uh, what is it that really scares you about ghosts? I don't know. Like, I'm not scared of them in, like, real life. But, like, in just video games, I just... I mean, they can't die. They come out of walls. I mean, they just, like, appear anywhere. And you would have, like, absolutely no sign of it until you actually see its head popping through the wall. Yeah. yeah. You know? That's pretty scary, actually. And they just, like, appear wherever they can, you know? But with everything else, they, you know where they are. They're, like, walking, you know? So... Yeah. Another one that scared me was The Grudge, and I don't know why, just because, like, it just popped out at you. Ah, that brings up the other scary game we played, which is mm-hmm. Juon, The Grudge, yeah, Haunted House Simulator for the Wii. Mm-hmm. Now, that one was all different, really, because mm-hmm. it was kind of like a scary game, as in, like, boo! Scared yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What did you think of it? Um, well, it was, it's, I mean, it's a good scare game, like, if you really want a good scare, but... The only thing that annoys me about that game is, like, your battery life. Your battery life goes, like... On your out, flashlight, yeah, yeah. on your flashlight. goes, like, out really fast. And then if you just... If you don't have any more batteries, then you die. Yeah. So... And no run button. Yeah, you, you can only walk. Yeah, batteries you walk so slowly. I remember I got irritated when I... My battery was running out, and I saw the flashlight, oh, like, four yeah. feet in front of me. And I was yeah. like, there it is. Is let yeah. me get yeah. but it what did have an interesting uh like co op effect in that you oh, could yeah. have another I could, player um, scare them. But the only part that I didn't like about it is some of them are really stupid. Those like, bugs uh, would like come yeah. to the center of the like screen. It's like woo bugs. Or what? What were you saying? Like, though? Like handprints are like little fake the drops of prints. blood. Yeah, yeah, the red bloody handprints. So basically, it's just cheap scare tricks. Yeah. And I think maybe that's the problem with the game overall. Watching other people play through it, all the scares are in the same place. Yeah. And they're the same ones, right? So it's probably good for one playthrough mm-hmm. all the way through, you know? Or maybe in a room with some buddies and some friends who haven't played it before, and then you mm-hmm. can play tricks on them. Yeah. Scare them. You Might be good for a party game. Yes. And maybe have like another, like the other remote, like have it on two player, but they don't don't tell them. Right. And like press it whenever you want, and then they all get all scared because it pops up. Like one was really scary at first, like when the, like it's like creepy baby face with like a red eye and like yeah. weird hair, would, like come down the screen, and be like, uh, oh yeah, yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. Oh! yeah. It scared me. And that like, was the uh, uh, wife ghost from the movie. Did you not yeah. see the Grudge movie? No. Oh no, that was a scary movie. Yes, it was. We saw it in the theater, didn't we? We saw the second one, but I don't think we saw the first one. In theater. We didn't? I thought we did. We may have, but I don't remember. I just remember going to see The Grudge 2 with you. Well, cool. We covered a bunch of specific games. I want to take a break right now and then come back really quick just to talk about what is appropriate for kids in terms of scary games. And you guys can give me your opinions on that, okay? We'll be right back with the Happy Game Family Go podcast. Bye.
Hey guys, welcome back. Uh, just one more quick segment with you guys here on the Happy Game Family Go podcast. Yay! So a lot of these scary games, if they have blood or mature themes, uh, uncomfortable themes like what was at play in Silent Hill 2, they're not recommended for kids your age. I don't know why. Well, tell me whether you think uh, there can be a well, bad effect of it. or some parents, I really don't think it would put a bad effect on children, but some parents just think it will, like, think it will make them, I don't even know, like, maybe make them crazy or something, thinking that there really is monsters, but, uh-huh. I mean, some parents are just crazy like that, and they just, they're just not right. Well, do you think at some particularly younger age, it might have overscared you? Well, yeah, I mean, like, possibly. I mean, if we were, like, What five, age would that be for you? Probably for me, well, see, that's difficult to say, because... I watched it when I was like five or three, and that was a really scary movie Boy, at my age. Yeah. So Noah like, said he scary. was four. You said you were five or three. I swear you had to be. Was, you had to probably, be six, and you had to be seven. No, no, no I was at least I was five. Four. Huh. But um, anyways, and um, so it's really I don't really get scared that easily. Like mm-hmm. I mean, in Silent Hill games, the stuff is creepy, but it doesn't like really scare me and haunt me in my dreams, so I can't sleep or anything. Right. Yeah. So like, but, but I, that's got to vary based on the kid, right? Some kids are probably yeah really sensitive. Well, now also, maybe you were desensitized at an early age by yeah, watching like, it. I think that's like what it is. Like if you start watching scary stuff, like earlier on mm-hmm. in, like, life and stuff, when, mm-hmm. like, your age, then maybe you won't get as scared, because I don't get scared, really, like, all that scared, like, um, by, uh, movies anymore, mm-hmm. or, like, in, um, haunted houses, like, except for the asylum. <sighs> yeah, like, that one got you pretty bad last year, oh, didn't yeah. you? Yeah, especially yeah. because, like, the nurses from Silent Hill were in there. I saw a couple of them. Ah. And it yes. freaked me out. I was like... <sighs> Scary stuff, huh? Yeah. Well, what about you, Noah? What do you think uh, we, about w- how early it is uh, you should expose kids to scary stuff? I know it varies from kid to kid, but do you feel like you were desensitized? That's what you said earlier. You were desensitized in an early age by watching It. Yeah. Hmm. Um, I think a good age for kids to start playing scary games is... I'd say about Eight or ten. nine. Maybe ten. Eight, nine, or ten, huh? So I remember it was not something that I was like, oh, you guys should watch this movie. You guys were like, we want to watch it. We want to watch it. We want to watch it. <laughs> Is that really good? And then you'd get like partway through it and quit. <laughs> yeah. I won't go back and watch it again because I haven't seen it ever since. Uh, you'll be disappointed. It's actually kind of cheesy. Oh, I still want should read the book. That'll really scare you. Yeah, I got the book, and then I realized it was too long, so I didn't read it. Oh, heck, it's <laughs> It was not like that a long. thousand pages. Oh, my God, I couldn't do that. Oh, do you that. can. I've read it multiple times oh. when I was your age. That took me so long I, to read. Do you realize how many pages of novel worth of text and internet words you read in the course of a day? If you could just sit down and focus your mind on a book for long enough, you wouldn't actually find it takes that long to get through it. Yes, but still, I mean, so a thousand pages. Yeah, it's a video game podcast. Maybe I'll send you the book in text message form. I mean, then finally you'd get to like, um, you get to like page <laughs> four hundred and be like, that's the size of just like a normal, like not maybe a normal oh, book, but like man. a big book, rather large guys, Harry Potter book. 
I think yes. we should have like a technology free couple of weeks so that you can learn the joys of reading. Mm. I'm starting to get nip. worried. <laughs> I want to nip. Oh, well, it's got to be via technology, huh? That's cool, though. That's cool. Oh. Yeah, that interests us more than Yeah, book, that'd be actually paper, like really cool to page, work. Like, that'd be actually better for, probably better for me to read. I'd probably actually read better on a Nook than I would in an actual I book. have my doubts. No, I'm not even kidding. Well, why don't you show me mastery of a book, and then I'll show you interest in a Nook. We've been talking about... That rhymed. Uh, we've been talking about books for a while. On our internet podcast? On our video game internet podcast, yes. Yes, well. Scary stories started out being told to people. And then they transitioned to being written down for people. And only last century did people start making movies out of them. And only in the last 30 years did people start making games out of them. So for thousands of years, if you wanted a scary story... Somebody either told it to you, or you read it out of a book. You guys just think about that for me, okay? Yeah, but we. But don't we're not live... in the century anymore. That oh, we have gosh. to do that. Yes, we're Children in now. Now we're, we're in the now years. <laughs> now right. in the now technology. I think we've reached depending. a failure to communicate between the generations <laughs> on a podcast. Well, I'm just saying, why <laughs> even bother thinking about what people did in the past if, like, we don't have to do it that anymore? <laughs> we don't have to podcast. tell scary I'm stories. I'm going to play this back to you someday with irony. All right, so... Yeah. So, guys... Um, okay, so let's wrap up the scary game topic. Um, so... Where to next with scary games? What are you going to play well, next? I think oh. we're going to continue on playing Silent Hill and once... You know, we watched you play most of them, mm -hmm. a majority of them, and then if we uh, ourselves want to play more, then, you know, once we're done with that, then um, maybe we'll go on to something new. Mm. You know, maybe, maybe it won't be some, a scary game. Maybe it'll be something else, but, you know, it'll, it'll probably be a scary game. Maybe though. you'll play mine. Well, maybe you will find an interesting co-op games that aren't scary, and I do have plenty of those that you can try. Okay, well, thanks for joining us this time Aww. around here, you guys. We'll be back in just a few minutes with the Happy Game Family Go podcast. Bye. Good day. Folks, welcome back to the Happy Game Family Go podcast. We're back. Uh, it's been, geez, like a week for us. But, you know, only a couple of seconds for you on the podcast. Uh, we're wrapping up our Scary Game podcast as this topic. And we finished up. Uh, Sabrina wanted me to play Silent Hill Homecoming this week. And so we did that a bunch. And just finally finished it up today. Which ought to let us uh, wrap up this subject a little bit. I imagine you guys will still be playing scary games, though. Uh, because, yes. Hannah, you're still playing Silent Hill 4. Yes. Uh, and I don't know if you still want me to play through Silent Hill 3, but uh, it just 
turns out to be kind of an ongoing game interest for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you and I, we haven't played... Uh, uh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sitting oh, yeah. here with Hannah and Sabrina and Noah. And uh, uh, Monica's playing World of Warcraft in the background even now. <laughs> um, but uh, you and I, we haven't played any uh, uh, haven't Super played Mario, Mario or anything cute time. or nice. <laughs> I know, just Sonic Hill pretty much. I'm about That's ready for good. something cute and Yeah, and we haven't right. played Super Mario Bros. in a while. Yeah, we, we need, need to play that. We do need to get back to it. But <laughs> let's finish up our discussion. Uh, we talked a bunch about Shattered Memories and we did a spoiler section on it. Uh, Silent Hill Homecoming out has been out long enough. I don't think we have to spoil their warning very much. But we'll just tell people in advance. We're going to probably spoil some stuff about Homecoming if you haven't played it already. Yes. Um, what did you guys think? I thought it was good. The ending was like a, sh- like a shocker. Like Yeah, yeah. Yes. Kind of like with Shattered because Memories and with uh, number two, right? Yeah. <laughs> they were all... They all have shocker endings. You kind of, like, didn't know, like, you would have never guessed that he killed, um, Joshua. Yeah, that, that, uh, the boy he was looking for the whole time, kind of like in Silent Hill Hill 2, was actually someone that he should have known wasn't around anymore. Because he killed. Yes. Although it was, uh, accident. Yeah. In number five. It's weird that he just, like, shot out of the monster, you know? Yeah, at the end there. like... Because that's not really what happened with uh, Silent Hill 2. That was one of the things maybe it got kind of criticized for, was trying to recreate what was going on in Silent Hill 2 a little bit. Yeah, I don't think he was trying to do that. No. I mean, yeah, they did kind of the same thing where he went off to go look for somebody that he had already accidentally, or like not accidentally, but killed. Mm -hmm. And, like, I don't think there was... I mean, it's like the same kind of thing, but... In a way, it's different. It was different. Uh, they had uh, more of the... It kind of mixed mm-hmm. the cult storyline from 1 and 3 with uh, the psychological storyline from 2. Uh, so it was kind of a lot of all of them. Uh, you know, I was probably less fond of fighting the Order members that they kind of took from the oh, movie. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, just because the fighting was, like, so hard. It was hard. I, really I you know, I can remember saying in, in an earlier, it could have been an earlier podcast, how you can just spam the dodge move, but mm-hmm. that might have just been me, you know, because, yeah. uh, and I also still found it hard. Um, one thing that irritated me about the game is that uh, the loading screens, like, gave away uh-huh. the monsters. <laughs> yeah. I know. Before you even ran into them. It's like them. giving you, like, a lecture. It's like, and make sure to look underneath the water because there might be something lurking. I also right. didn't, like, like, how they, I yeah. like how they gave the monsters names. No, that made it seem a lot like another scary game I'd played called The Suffering huh. um, on PS2 where they... Uh, the every monster had a special scary name, which I don't know cheesed them up a little bit. Yeah, yeah, like the skizzer or whatever. I also whatever. thought Schism. Um, Schism. I also thought that they put monsters in it that didn't really necessarily belong. Yeah, like they put like nurses in the, the nurses. Yeah. I think that had a lot more to do with uh, James, the character in Silent Hill Two, and his personal. Uh, psychological journey having you know we talked earlier having something to do with uh like sexual frustration Mm 
which is why there were all these, you know, tightly dressed nurses uh, in it. And they didn't really belong in Alex's story. Yeah. They didn't really make sense for what he was going through. It seemed like they included him to, like, kind of follow what was going on with the movie. I did like the world transformation effect that they kind oh, of yeah, grabbed yeah. from the movie. <laughs> and uh, I do definitely like, after seeing this again after playing Shattered Memories, I don't Shattered want... Memories. Yeah, Silent Hill Shattered Memories. I thought you were talking about Homecoming. Yes, af after seeing Homecoming oh. again after Shattered Memories, I don't prefer the icy... Yeah. Um, scary yeah. world to rusty, rusty industrial, yeah. That's chain link scary scarier. world. Yeah, yeah. it was so really, scary in Homecoming. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't really like the icy part. It didn't really scare me. It just made me a bit nervous because, like, I knew the things were gonna be chasing me. But it never really gave me the same effect as like the rusted. Right. You know, because that just made it like, oh god, this yeah, is creepy. It was but really it wasn't creepy. quite as yeah. uncomfortable, you know. Yeah, but with the ice, it's just like oh, it's just like everything's okay. icy. Like, yeah, it's like I oh, could no, go outside right ice. now and everything would be icy. And even though I had some complaints about the the monsters in in Homecoming, I still think they were superior to the ones in Shattered Memories. Oh yeah, oh, yeah no, because yeah. there weren't there just weren't enough variety. And even though we watched you replay it, and so I got to see, oh well, you are going to get different monsters in Shattered Memories based on your you know psychological yeah. profile answers. You're not going to see that unless you replay it. And even yeah. still, you know... It, it's not that scary. They don't look that much different. They're still just pink, naked, skinless children. <laughs> yes. <laughs> pink, necklace, screaming children. Now, uh, on uh, Homecoming, the other thing that they had that they didn't have in Shattered Memories was bosses. I know. They oh, had yeah. good bosses yeah. in Homecoming. Nice, scary stuff. And uh, although we're trying not to cuss in the podcast, I also appreciated Homecoming... For having a realistic treatment of how a character would respond on seeing <laughs> this freaky creature. Yeah, no. He wouldn't uh, just be like, oh. No, he, he busted out more than a few uh, swear words. Yeah, he wouldn't some... be like, oh no, that is a monster. I must kill, kill it now. It. <laughs> oh yeah. no. The other one, he's like, oh my god, what is that? He's just like, that's more realistic. I do, do think do that? that giving me control of the camera in in Homecoming... With kind of a drawback from it, because it was a lot easier to see where things were. Yeah. And, and I don't know, I, I still would like to see another chapter of Silent Hill kind of approached in the same manner that they did Homecoming. Yeah. yeah. Well, um... I don't know if there will be. Yeah, I guess, you know, about, I didn't get enough critical good reception. About, um, earlier when you were talking about how there wasn't any bosses in Shattered Memories, mm -hmm. I don't really see how they would make bosses in Shattered Memories, because all you do is run. Yeah. So, maybe there could be, like, some big thing that chases after you, and if it gets you, then you die every once idea. in a while. I re yeah. It almost seemed like the psychological questionnaire with the psychologist were the boss encounters, in a way, it, you yeah. know? Yeah. Uh, they were the ones that form, you know, bracketed... And ended, you know, one part of the game and moved you to the next. Yeah. Hmm. Well, any other thoughts you guys wanted to get out there on them? So why why so much Silent Hill? Why well, why I'm, more interest in that than the Resident Evil? Well, I mean, Resident Evil is still good mm -hmm. and stuff. Like, I mean, it's still good good stories and stuff. But like Silent Hill is just more of like the kind of game 
you'd want to watch for like a creepier effect, you know? Right. Yeah. And then with Resident Evil, was more of like a fighting kind of thing. Yeah. Where you just fight yeah, zombies. Shooting. I mean, it still has a good story, but also with Silent Hill, it's kind of like a story you have to put together yourself in a way, like while you're playing the game. Right. And then at the yeah, end, you actually like, end, find you out get what like happened. There is more mystery yeah, and psychology like, to it. Yeah. yeah. You would have never. I would have never known that. Alex had accidentally killed Josh. Right, the I, plot twist. I keep on I thinking, I keep on thinking about that pyramid head ending. I don't know why it just gains. Oh yeah, gains so after the other thing that Silent Hill has more than Resident Evil is multiple, multiple different endings. endings. We talked about some of them foreshadowed memories, but that was uh, it. Almost ties into our cheating uh, segment yeah, from previous weeks because we'd finished the game. And they go on YouTube and watch all, you know, five or six different endings yeah. that you could get out of it. And that would have been a good one to get on Homecoming. It would have been a, a, a shocker. It would have been like, whoa, so I just turned into Pyramid Head? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was an interesting choice. I know. Yes. I, again, though, I wondered if Pyramid Head shouldn't just be James's monster. I think it should be like a monster. Like in every game, it should be like it was in Silent Hill 2, where sometimes if he went into the wrong room, Pyramid Head would be in there or something. Maybe he is too big for just Silent Hill 2. He he fit in the movie pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. He was huge in the movie. Yeah. He was like 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 huge in size. Yeah, he just scares pretty much everybody. I mean, he's, he's a freaky guy. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, maybe he shouldn't be in, like, the main character, but maybe he should just be in parts, like, you know, with Homecoming. Yeah, yeah, he wasn't yeah. as central as he was. Hmm. Maybe the only not, two like, games. the main monster, but just, like, in it. I guess yeah. we're just going to have to wait yeah, and see. see. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, Shattered Memories, I thought was interesting that they did that after Homecoming. I want another... High definition, PlayStation Three, super realistic graphics. I know, Silent yeah. Hill uh, Six. Because I really think that for some reason, in the high definition game space, there's not enough scary games coming out. And I'll talk yeah. a bit, a little bit about that uh, in in a later segment on this podcast. Well, thanks, guys. Yeah. Yeah. All right, we're gonna be back in just a minute with the Happy Game Family Go podcast with the Family Wow Pow Wow. Folks, welcome back to the Happy Game Family Go podcast. We're on our family wow powwow. This might be kind of a short one, huh, guys? Yeah. <laughs> Given the theme of our podcast this week, a theme that I didn't so much pick as picked me. Yeah. <laughs> the way the girls uh, uh, wanted to play a bunch of scary games this week made it, even though it was a, a Valentine's Day week, made it uh, <laughs> have to be uh, scary yeah. games. But scarier than Valentine's I Day. I know. <laughs> and it's the middle of winter still. It's cold and desolate out. And that seems appropriate for scary games. Well, speaking of cold and scary, since we're dealing with the uh, 
family wow powwow about the only scary game topic I can think that relates to that is uh, the Lich King and his army of the undead coming from the frozen wastes. Uh, And, you know, I can only really speak to that from looking at the cover for Wrath of the Lich King strategy guy. I'm not anywhere near any of that content yet, so why don't you guys let me know about uh, anything scary in the world of Warcraft? Well, I mean, there's not really... Yeah, there's not really a lot that's scary. I mean, yeah, there are undead. If you play on the Horde side, you can also play as an undead character. Yeah. Um, as far as the theme goes, I mean, I guess it's hard to tie him into a scary theme because you run into undead before you get to Northrend. Right. You know, that's that's not just a... Well, and I thought we were going to do that in the Dead Mines. I finally got my guy up to level 15 oh, in Barkus, yeah. and we made a Dead Mines run. And I don't I don't remember if I leveled up just once or twice during that Dead Mines run, but here they were called the Dead Mines, and I was like, where's the dead? Yeah. <laughs> These are just that's, the same th- thieves and bandits I've been killing. The Dead Mines is pirates, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, which was cool to come into that chamber and find a big pirate ship in there. Yeah, later but on. But not scary. <laughs> later on, you run into more undead. You know, once you get into the 20s, you can go to a place called Darkshire. Mm, I think I already have a quest. There, that's are, lots to of, there are lots of spooky spooky things to fight there. You know, undead and skeletons and, and so forth. And it's, you know, got a darker look to it. You know, kind of like. You know, kind of like, you know, how Mario always has a haunted house level. It's ah. sort of like the haunted house level. Um. um. Which those can be scary sometimes. Mm-hmm. Those booze. Oh, I'm fun. I mean, I just like the I just like the overall atmosphere. That was one of the few areas where I did all the quests. You know, with pretty much all of my teams so far, I've done all the quests in Darkshire. Um, as far as you know, a scary theme. You know, there was the event that they did when they were getting ready yeah, to yeah, I was gonna... to um, unveil to... Wrath of the Lich King, the expansion pack. The plague they, thing. Because... Yeah, they unleashed a plague on the entire world. <laughs> I remember that. That was so fun. What uh, was, what happened with that now? Well, I'm trying to remember. Like, yeah, there was... It was pretty much just like a zombie infection thing because there would be people that were like zombies. I don't know how they hold, all started it. I don't know if just one person turned into a zombie all of a sudden out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Or something. But And then it started spreading across the whole world of Warcraft. And it was... How would how would it spread? They, well, the zombies would have to kill you. Yeah, if you got killed by a zombie, then you turn into turn a into a zombie. And, and usually, get, what would happen if you were in a capital city is you turn into a zombie, and then, and then somebody would immediately kill you, or another player might kill you. I mean, I, yeah. I got turned into a zombie once. I was just in the bank doing something, and I turned that around, walked out of the bank, got killed. Because when when this event was happening, we weren't. We weren't very, I think we were maybe in yeah, the we 40s. Like <laughs> yeah. Um, so we were, you know, depending on the level of the character, you know, we were more easily killed. So I walk out of the bank, I get killed by, you know, I get mobbed by zombies, killed. And then once you're a zombie, you just mindlessly start attacking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
and anything you kill turns into a zombie, and you can you could kill non-player characters. Ah. <laughs> so you could kill quest givers, innkeepers, whatever, and turn them into zombies. <laughs> but, you know, I walk out of the bank, I get killed, turn into a zombie, and the character who killed me was a paladin, and he immediately resurrected they, me. They, oh, yeah. The exact <laughs> yeah. same thing happened to me. <laughs> huh. Yeah, because it was nothing personal. It's just if you were a zombie rampaging, you were just going to make even more zombies. So yeah. he just squelched it right, right. then. Right, and so yeah. at first it wasn't something that you noticed too much. I mean, you know, you'd you'd see, you know, zombies here and there. Sometimes you'd see piles of corpses. <laughs> but you could still, for the most part, play the game, quest, do everything normally. Um, but as it progressed, because it lasted for a while, I it know. lasted for at least a week. And it was going on at the same time the Halloween event was going on. Oh, yeah. It got to the point where it was really hard to do anything, you know, because there were all sorts be... of quests you could do related to the Scourge if you were a high enough level, mm -hmm. but not if you were in the middle. Right. So you'd be trying to just, you know, do your normal thing, just go around questing, but everywhere you went, you'd either be getting killed by zombies, or all the quest givers would be dead. Yeah. yeah I, <laughs> I remember walking around a bunch, this happened to me a bunch, like I'd be walking around just doing a quest or something, and then all of a sudden there would be a zombie or something, mm -hmm. and one time I was walking through somewhere, and then I was just, there was like five zombies coming at me, except they can only, like, walk. There's a spell they can use to run, but they still only run as fast as, like, you run, so you it's were hard dodging for them to catch up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I remember you and Josh, after a while, were deliberately getting turned into zombies. It was so fun. So <laughs> yeah. the other NPCs. It was so fun, though. Huh. Well, that sounds, uh, Fun, not so much scary in the vein no. of Silent Hill, but about as far as you're going to get with World of Warcraft. Because well, it, it seems like, you know... Well, it's not even, a survival horror game. Right, I yeah. mean, even with people being zombified, it's not, you know, bits of gore dropping off of them, or, <laughs> or uh, you know, it's like Dungeons & Dragons style undead, you know, yeah. where they're walking skeletons mm -hmm. and not, you know, rotting corpses well, so much. they're like walking, they're like... They have a little bit of hair, and there's some meat on them, and there's bones. There's not, like, blood and chunks and stuff. Right, right. It's just, like, the, pretty much the three main colors on them are white for the bones, gray for the skin, and, like, pink and red just for the parts that do show gore and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, That's other than good. that, it's... Well, uh, so is there anything besides the undead that's also scary in the world of Warcraft? Yeah, yeah I saw you in some alternate dimensional something or other with floating islands and weirdness going on. Oh, well, there are all oh. sorts of, you know, weird different creatures, you know, void walkers, and uh, there are banshees in some areas. You know, lots of things that look pretty funky. There are demons all over the place once you get to Outland. Yeah. Especially yeah. in Hellfire Peninsula, so that's pretty cool. You know, mm -hmm. a lot of them have, they kind of look like Shiva, you know, multiple arms. And yeah, cool. <laughs> I wonder if you guys, uh, you know, I wonder if there's a common ground between these game interests, if if they could make a massively multiplayer online, online role-playing like game. game. Yeah, out of, because there's a, you know, obviously they have Arkham Horror, uh, and Call of Cthulhu, which is just a tabletop role-playing game set in the horror vein. I wonder if they could do something like that. Because we've seen 
in in online role playing games, we've seen uh, you know post apocalypse. We've seen you know fantasy settings like World of Warcraft and Warhammer, uh, and and sort of more alien fantasy settings uh, with like Ion uh, online, and now with the Star Trek online. I just don't think anybody's taken a stab at online massively multiplayer survival horror role-playing games. I don't know. I mean, I think part of the problem with that... I mean, I'm not saying it couldn't be done, but and I haven't played every massively multiplayer online game there is, but I know that, you know, one of the things about World of Warcraft is that, you know, in between the action and the quests and the battles and whatnot, you know, you can kind of take time out. You know, you can go to the city and put stuff away in the bank and, yeah. you know, visit the auction house, upgrade your armor... Uh, you know, and rest up, so if, you know, if they had a survival horror, like you know, continuous world online game, you know, they'd have to have some natural way to work that kind of thing in there, you know, to where people could repair their gear and, yeah. um, and that, I, I don't know if that would break Some through. sort of place of respite from <laughs> the horror. Which is not what you were able to get during that event. <laughs> you know, and there are different things that people like about about the online role-playing games, you know, like the crafting and, um, you know, there's a variety. Mm-hmm. I, I think the problem is with survival horror is that part of what it makes it survival horror is that you're not sure if you're going to survive. You know, you may not be able to repair your gear. You may not find enough ammo. You may not find enough things to heal up with. Mm. And I don't know if that would lend itself to an open-ended hmm. world. I think it's worth a try for somebody. All right, well, thanks, guys. That pretty much yeah. covers anything scary in the uh, world of Warcraft, I think. If there's anything else you think of, is there anything we missed? I don't think so. Not anything that comes to mind. Okay. The main things that are scary about WoW are, you know, not having enough gold to buy your epic slime <laughs> when you can. Or <laughs> you're not, like, having your armor... Almost. Yeah, not having not having good enough armor. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll be back in just a minute with the Happy Game Family Go podcast. Uh, As we're getting to bedtime here, I can see with my my son yawning as we do this. (laughs) Yeah. All right. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Happy Game Family Go podcast. Uh, this is just mom and dad sitting around in bedtime here. Uh, how's it been going, Mark? Uh, so far, so good. How about you? Uh, pretty good. Yeah. Kids have been uh, putting their shoulder into me and picking my play titles for me for mm-hmm. about two weeks. <laughs> Making sure that uh, I'm playing through the uh, scary games that they don't want to have to play through themselves. Which, uh, as you all know, I don't really mind. No. <laughs> uh, gaming is a social thing, and 
even though I think I'm getting to the point where I've, I'm pretty good for Silent Hill for a while. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think they're like, how about number three? How about Origins? I'm like, yeah, and been a lot of Silent Hill. Yeah. But, uh, you know, no, kids. And, when and they, they could play the games. <laughs> they could. They could. Uh, maybe the one I just did for them, uh, going back and playing through it again myself, I was like, yeah, that was actually harder than I remember. But, uh uh, I, it certainly is no chore for me to, to no. tour my kids through a game that has interested <laughs> me. I'm talking about scary games. Uh, I guess from the parents' perspective, uh, I can, uh, one of the segments that we went through, the kids were mentioning how they first got into scary materials by watching it, uh, the miniseries mm. adaptation of the Stephen King novel. And I can remember getting into Stephen King at maybe an earlier age than some other parents may have thought appropriate. And I remember you mentioning to me uh, that your mom didn't really restrict your reading. No, I was in grade school when I started reading Stephen King. Yeah. I read The Stand before I was even in middle school. Yeah, well, that wasn't the unexpurgated super long ago. No, that was many years before he came out with that, but it was still plenty long. <laughs> yes, it was. Um so, you know, I guess I, for me, I feel better about scary games, the kids playing those, uh, almost than I do about, you know, military simulations and uh, things where they're shooting other people. Uh, I think zombies are the enemy du jour for, for gaming because they're kind of, you know, the thing that it's okay to be violent against. Yeah. Although, you know, I don't personally, you know, it's all the same to me. I don't, I don't really have stronger feelings about, um, you know, horror video games than I do about any other. Cause you know, the military style games, you're not really shooting other people. It's still just video game people. So, right. you know, I think whatever floats your boat as far as whatever kind of video game violence you enjoy, mm. I think it's mainly just, you know, it's mainly just fun living in the fantasy. Yeah. I guess for me, uh, I feel a little more comfortable, you know, uh, with violence against monsters because uh, it's not something you're going to run across in the real world, you know, whereas uh, violence against somebody who holds a set of different ideas than you is something you are going to run across in the yeah, real world. but not everybody's going to enjoy the military, and so, you know, for a lot of people, the military-themed games are just as much of a fantasy as anything else. Yeah, that's true. You know, and a lot of people who do join the military will never in their entire careers see combat. Yeah. That all makes sense. Something about it just keeps it fantastical mm -hmm. in my mindset. The way, you know, Slaying dragons and and barbarian hordes. Yeah, but you know that's that's you know your your personal point of view. But you know people have different reasons for why they play video games, and you know a lot of people like sports games. Mm -hmm. You know, which personally I have no interest in, but that's because I'm also not interested in actual sports. Yeah. You know, if I had a strong interest in the military, I might be more interested in military themed games. You know, I happen to have an interest in in fantasy themes in you know areas other than video games you know i like role-playing games but i also like fantasy and science fiction books and movies yeah and tv shows well i guess where i'm going with this is just the place i always end up kind of going with this which is 
you know, uh, noticing that these games that my kids are interested in and don't really seem to be traumatized by the, I mean, not that they're not responding with fear reactions to pyramid head or whatever, but right. you know, don't really seem to be having a strong negative reaction. They're really enjoying, you know, their well. response to it is, is much younger or, you know, of a different appropriate age of participation than a lot of other people seem to think is appropriate for their kids and, and that varies from kid to kid you right know. well and i don't really know what other people think are appropriate for their kids because i just don't know that many people with kids and the people i do know don't tend to be real restrictive about you know what their kids can watch or what video games they can play i mean i know that hannah you know she doesn't you know she doesn't have any specific rules i'm aware of about what she can and cannot play and you know calvin knows friend who comes over doesn't seem to He's got rules for what he can play around his younger brother. Right. But when he comes over here, he's allowed to do everything that Noah can do. Well, I, th I think it's natural to make that call, you know, interactively with the kid and based on how they respond to, you know, a toe dipped in here or there. Well, and younger kids are going to be more scared of certain things than older kids were, you know, like that, that... I think it was an episode of Voyager or something we were watching, and somebody oh, yeah. threw a punch, and that really upset Sabrina at the time. You know, when she, she was really young, yeah, yeah, and and you know there was no context for her to understand. She hadn't even really yet responded to something going on in the mm -hmm. TV, uh, instant incidentally, in the way that she suddenly did while we were watching this episode of Star Trek, which was something that. You know, you wouldn't think off the top of your head, oh, Star Trek, you can't watch that around kids. Well, no, yeah, because it's, it's not generally funny. known as a super violent show, or, you know, there's not really a lot of content in it that would really be considered questionable. It just was that one moment that, you know, disturbed her. But it wouldn't now, mm -hmm. at the age she's at now. Well, it was just no, she was little. It was something that, you know, that affected her. And well, I remember I used to want to watch the show Buffy the Vampire Slayer, but I could never watch that because the kids were too little. I, every time I turned it on, there'd be something that, you know, that would come up that would freak the kids out, so I'd have to turn it off. So right, right. I, I was never able to get into that show the way I wanted to. <laughs> yeah. Well, I remember, uh, you know, the kids and I had some dispute as far as what age they were when they watched it. Mm -hmm. Um and I can remember thinking, well, you know, that thing can't be that bad. I mean, sure, you got the scary clown in it. Mm -hmm. And I remember the book being really scary. Yeah. But I also remember the miniseries being a kind of a pale shadow well, of the book. it was toned down because it, it, it was made for TV. And it was also, you know, they'd probably make it a lot edgier if they made it for TV now. But at the time when they did it, there just wasn't as, you couldn't push things as far on TV. Well, and in, in talking the ki with the kids about that experience, they offered that as, you know, a desensitizing experience <laughs> for themselves as being able to pull in something scary. You know, they were like, oh, after that, mm -hmm. you know, nothing was as scary, you know. Right. Well, it's all a matter of perspective. You know, lots of things that seem fairly tame to us can seem a lot scarier to the kids. Yeah. Especially fairly young kids, because I don't know when it was that they watched it. I don't. I don't remember because I don't even think I was there, but, uh, you know, it's sometimes it's hard to shift your perspective that way and see how things would appear to somebody who, you know, is younger and doesn't have the same, you know, experience of watching lots of different 
scary TV shows and video games and movies and reading scary books and, right. you know, telling ghost stories. and. Well, and I, this may seem weird, but it's, there's a, a little bit of a, a kind of a fun and joyful experience, you know, as long as the kid doesn't have a, a bad time of giving him their first, you know, spooky horror thrills. Well, that's um, what... That's what Halloween's all about, really. I mean, I remember the first year that, well, it was, Sabrina couldn't have been older than probably two or three, whatever year it was, it was when she had that Barney costume, because Andrew had a scary costume on. Yeah, that's right. You know, Tracy had painted his face, and you know, he looked really cool, and I remember we went over to my mom's house, and he wasn't even trying to scare Sabrina, he just walked up to her and said hi, because you know how Andrew is, he's yeah, super he's... friendly, and he greets everybody. Yeah. But she freaked out when she saw his costume, and she wouldn't go trick-or-treating that year. <laughs> yep. yep, that's right. <laughs> well, and that wasn't even on purpose, but no. uh, being able to be there with the kids mm. and show them their first scary movie, you know, at at whatever level of scariness they're ready for is is kind of a fun initiation. Yeah, well, yeah, uh, especially when as, they are ready. If they're not traumatized, you mm. know, I can remember my own dad uh, hopping out behind the couch with a bag over his head when I was watching some scary movie early on, and I was mad at him for that. Yeah. Uh, maybe a little too far with that particular scare. But, event, you know, I remember it fondly now. Right. As in, ah, yeah, good was, one, Dad. You know? Well, you know, and you, you don't just remember the fact that, you know, you were kind of pissed off at being scared. You probably also think about the fact that that was one of the times when your dad was, you know, being playful with you. And Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So it's hard not to remember that fondly, even if it maybe didn't work out quite the way he probably intended. <laughs> well, I just wussed out, was all. <laughs> I wussed out and cried on my mommy's shoulder. How old were you? <laughs> I don't know. We were watching The Thing. You couldn't have been too young because... It was in the it was in the old house, so I had to have been six or seven, mm. uh, maybe eight. And The Thing is a pretty advanced horror movie, the John Carpenter mm, Yeah, I remember version. seeing that in the drive-in with, with my family. Oh, wow. Yeah, that was a pretty scary movie. That was one of the early ones I remember mm. as being, wow, that was a serious scary movie. <laughs> Initiated me uh, into being desensitized mm -hmm. to some scares, I suppose, myself. Yeah, see, I had seen scary... I mean, I always watched movies. I remember the scariest movie I saw when I was a kid. I mean, I thought it was terrifying was The Blob, not... The remake, because that hadn't even been made yet, but the original black and white movie. Mm. You know, because I used to watch all these movies on the weekend at home. You know, on TV they'd show all these old black and white movies. Yeah. And I thought that was really scary. I remember, I don't even think I actually finished watching that movie, because at some point there was a bit in the movie where there's some little girl playing in her room and the blob is about to bust out of the closet. I, to this day, don't know if it did, because I went and played outside. <laughs> <laughs> Forget it. I'm good. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> I think kids do know where their own limit is <laughs> as far as uh, scary content, and they'll let you know, hey, that's too much. You know? <laughs> I'm done. Uh, we're done. Just like when Sabrina, you know, looked at that Klingon fight scene mm -hmm. uh, that we, you know, hadn't even intended for her <laughs> to be watching. We were watching TV while caretaking her. Right. Uh, and she was like, no! Right. At the violence, and we had to go, oh, yep, I guess you're right. right. We'll turn it off. Well, yeah, because we, we were generally, you know, reasonably conscientious. We didn't go out of our way to watch stuff around the kids that, you know, we thought would be 
inappropriate for them. Star Trek, I mean, we had watched Star Trek around it before. It was just something about that one particular moment in that one particular episode. That, yeah. That she just happened to look to it. at it and pay attention in a way <laughs> that she hadn't before. Right. Hmm. Well, scary games are something that have uh, definitely gotten the kids involved. What about you? I mean, I can't think really of any scary games that you've had any interest in at all. No, not really. I mean, they really honestly don't do a whole lot for me. Mm -hmm. You know, they don't... I mean, I think I've watched you play some of them, and they're cool. You know, I like looking at them about as much as I like looking at any other games. But, you know, I lose interest in watching people play games after a while because I want to do something right. myself. And so the scary games, I mean, they seem cool. They just don't... It's just not my thing. Yeah. You know, I think that I just can't um, lose myself in them and be absorbed to the point where they scare me. And so I'd probably rather just watch a movie or read a book. Wow. Interesting. Because that's about the reverse of what the kids are reporting to me now mm -hmm. is that, you know, they'll watch scary movies and they'll really feel less frightened and less involved uh, because it goes on its own, you know, because mm -hmm. you don't have to have the the choice and the courage to, you know, open that scary door yourself. Right, but also if I'm just watching somebody play a game, it's going on its own as far as I'm concerned because I'm not doing anything to affect the action. Only watching, you know, somebody else play, you know, there's a lot of stuff that gets repeated a lot. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's a lot of, you know, sort of lag time in between the action. Yeah, there is that. But it does help build suspense. I do think maybe the other thing that affects that for you is that you're not a big action gamer. Mm -mm. Um, reflex, aiming-based gamer. You know, a lot of what has appealed to you more has a lot more of the RPG element in it. Right. Well, because I have absolutely no interest in first-person shooters. I never have. Right. Or, or you know, even third-person, you know, swing a with a nail in it at a monster right. <laughs> games uh, and something about the RPG format doesn't seem to support the amount of suspense and nerves that they're trying to build with a scary game yeah so uh, again we came back to like we did in our wow powwow I wonder if there is such a thing as a scary RPG format that could work and that would interest you I don't know I mean, I, I honestly don't because I'm not sure that they could sustain scariness and yet still you could step to the side, you know, and go to town and, you know, basically run your errands and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, then maybe stop somewhere and go fishing. and Or if combat would be scary if it was a matter of stats and dice rolls and a defense statistic and a sanity statistic <laughs> and a, you know... Uh, uh, blood coagulation statistic or whatever. Yeah, see, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. I honestly don't, you know. I don't have enough experience with other online role-playing games, but it doesn't sound like any of them ever have been survival horror-themed. Well, I mean, it sounds online like... online or not, just RPGs. You know, it sounds like RPGs have certain conventions that appeal to people that I'm not sure, you know, would really fit into survival horror because it seems like part of the point of survival horror is that they, you know health packs are few and far between and mm -hmm. um you know ammo drops are few and far between i mean in world of warcraft if i'm running low on arrows i can just go to town and buy more well 
I think that the kids have also reported that that kind of scariness in a game, the can I actually survive mm -hmm. and make it through this section or will I have to repeat it, mm -hmm. is not really favored either. And I can agree with them on mm -hmm. that. So, uh, I don't know. I think it's an unexplored area. I really think developers out, of the, out there ought to give a little more thought to horror RPGs. Right. But do you know that they haven't? There's only a few titles I can think of. There's uh, Parasite Eve on PlayStation 1. These are mm -hmm. going to be ones that you're not going to have much luck going back to because they're going to seem really primitive compared to what you're used to now. Right, uh, but how did those games do? I mean, because it seems to me that there must be some reason why it isn't something that they has They pretty been. well successful. Maybe we should boot one up one time and, and have you take a look at it. I think that's about it for this time, unless there's anything else you can think of on no. the, the scary game uh, topic. Nope, I'm good. <laughs> okay. All right, folks, we'll be back in just a minute with the uh, final segment of this episode of the Happy Game Family Go podcast. Thank you once again, Monica. No Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to this, the final segment of this episode of the Happy Game Family Go podcast. Uh, this is just me, Dana, doing my, uh, my closing uh, all by myself as usual. Uh, for some reason, I like to do that just to cover some of these uh, final topics. I think I'd probably just like to hear myself talk on the internet. <laughs> um... You know, it's been an interesting episode uh, covering scary games, survival horror games. Uh, I've uh, obviously been a fan of these type of games for a while and had uh, kind of a, a good knowledge set about them that I could talk about. And I believe uh, that my family's interest in them and playing of them will not terminate just because we've done this uh, podcast. In fact, I think they're my kids are downstairs watching... Uh, a Resident Evil retrospective uh, from GameTrailers.com right now. Uh, you know, I have some concerns about survival horror for this. The um, <clears throat> high-definition uh, generation. Uh, being a horror game fan uh, is not always a, an easy uh, place to go. There's a lot, you know, safer, more widely popular genres to get involved with. Um... Horror games, a lot of times, if you're a fan, you're looking forward to a release and something comes out in Japan or even in Europe, you know, you end up uh, finding out that it's not going to be released in North America for some reason. There's a couple of titles from the past that have frustrated me. I uh, I picked up the first Siren for PlayStation 2 and enjoyed that game. Uh, they put out a sequel, Siren 2, never was brought over here, um, unfortunately, uh, another survival horror game, uh, even though it didn't get uh, glowing reviews, but that I had interest in was from uh, Suda51 of Grasshopper Manufacturer fame, uh, released one called Michigan, set in North America, 
never released in North America. So uh, that was from the previous uh, console generation. I faced these challenges. Uh, moving into the new HD generation, once again, you know, the uh, uh, Sony Japan revisited the Siren series, even brought it to a more international level by making some of the characters, you know, rather than uh, Japanese characters, making them characters from the North American continent who happened to be in Japan uh, doing a news report at the time they ran across this horror Put it out, called it Siren New Translation, released it on disc in Japan, and I believe in Europe, and left it download only here in North America. And so that frustrated me. I didn't want to use up, you know, a quarter of my 80 gigabyte PlayStation 3 uh, just to store that game. So that game became the first game I ever imported, as I mentioned earlier in the podcast. So I have a nice handy copy of Siren New Translation that was released in Japan, uh, and therefore is in the NTSC video format, uh, which is compatible with North American uh, television displays, and fortunately had the English audio in it, which I can therefore enjoy. Uh, unfortunately, a more difficult prospect came from uh, the Fatal Frame series, something I followed and enjoyed uh, number one, two, and three, on the PlayStation 2. In fact, I believe I have number 2 for the Xbox as well before I finally did find a PlayStation 2 version of it and obsessively bought it as well. Uh, well, Fatal Frame 4, subtitled Mask of the Lunar Eclipse, was released for the Wii in Japan. Uh, and unfortunately, due to some sort of, well, it's not our job to publish that in North America from uh, uh, Nintendo of America was not brought over here. Um, so I did import that. Everything in the game is in Japanese, and fortunately for me, and for other survival horror fans out there, uh, there is a fan translation project that has reached completion for Fatal Frame 4. Uh, if you're interested in it, you can just run a web search for Fatal Frame 4 fan translation. You'll find there is a download that you can place on an SD card that will allow you to both A, boot the game on a North American Wii, and B, will swap out the text files uh, in the game for translated versions, uh, letting you see subtitles and uh, related game, you know, documents, pickups, etc. in English. So, uh, I haven't yet had a chance to try that out yet. Just received my import copy of that game. If you are interested in this, um, you know, despite the fact that Nintendo of America claims there's no demand here for Fatal Frame 4 to be released uh, and that they have no responsibility to publish it, well, it's starting to sell out overseas. So if you want to get a hold of Fatal Frame 4, uh, also known as Project Zero over in Japan, that's the title of it there, you want to go ahead and get on over to playasia.com and get that imported as soon as possible uh, and possibly download those uh, those translation patches and keep them on your hard drive for now in case Nintendo ever decides that it's uh, not right of them to allow us North American fans to play that game. Me, I'm going to move forward and try that out hopefully in this next two weeks and get back to you on the podcast with 
what my experiences with that are and how well it functioned for me. It's really a revolutionary new way of doing things to have an SD card holding files and swapping them out on the fly during gameplay uh, to allow you to translate a Japanese Wii game that uh, otherwise would not be playable to someone not familiar at all with Japanese here in North America. You know, other other difficult signs for survival horror in the HD generation, uh, Silent Hill Homecoming, which we did talk about in this podcast, was not as well received as I think, uh, at least I hope, being a fan of the series. And then, uh, you know, of course, the latest release, Silent Hill Shattered Memories, although interesting and a good experiment and something that I'd like to see them moving forward with, you know, again, took a step back, went to the Wii, went to the PlayStation uh, 2 and PSP, essentially went down to that less expensive tier of development. And uh, there has been no announcement of an HD Silent Hill game uh, following up Homecoming. Uh, Additionally, you know, Resident Evil 5 looks like it may be quite a while before we see a Resident Evil 6 Capcom's uh, official word is that they're going to spend several years developing that next uh, iteration in the series, and it's going to be another dramatic reboot, much like Resident Evil 4 was, which stands as a little bit of a disappointment for me to only get two titles essentially released out of the uh, revolutionary and much lauded Resident Evil 4 engine and gameplay model. In terms of survival horror gaming, it's not always easy to do, but I'm a fan so I move forward with it. In terms of my kids' interest in survival horror gaming, you know, we've talked, my wife and I, about the various reasons why they have interest in it. Certainly, I think uh, confronting monsters, confronting fears made into some real form is something that, you know, kids almost seek out on their own. But I think beyond that, it is an interest of mine these games, and in the past uh, six months since I've lost my uh, my regular employment, I've been doing more freelance and consulting gigs, uh, there have been spans of time when I've been home more, uh, and one of the biggest benefits of that to my family is uh, the time I've been able to spend with my kids, and uh, the way we've been able to get to know each other a little more, and play together a little more, and share our interests together a little more, and in doing that, and in showing their interest in who I am, they're offering me interest in my interests. Uh, and I, I really appreciate that. I really feel thankful for that. I'm glad that even though probably some of the fears that we are facing together about our future, about our security, uh, that we are making physical with some of these games uh, have to do with that situation in terms of playing together, coming up with this podcast, spending my time in the opportunity, uh, getting into my kids and having them get into me, I I couldn't be more thankful. So uh, I guess there's a silver lining at the end of the dark cloud of survival horror in, uh, in my family's exploration of that interest. Hey, um, so that should about wrap it up for this podcast. I do want to go ahead and mention that we do have a website address at www.happygamefamily.com. 
Uh, if you visit that, you can find uh, the music credits for any of these podcasts that I put together, as well as links, direct download links uh, to this episode and past episodes. Uh, you can also find our RSS feed to give you the automatic notification when a new episode is added, uh, as well as a link to subscribe to our podcast right there on iTunes, where you can also find us with a simple search for Happy Game Family. Uh, we can receive emails at our email address, that's happygamefamily at yahoo.com. Uh, if I receive any emails for any other members of my family there, I'll go ahead and forward them right along, and we can maybe answer some questions on the podcast if that comes up. We also do operate a Facebook page that you can become a fan of. Just another search for Happy Game Family will bring that up. And we're running a Twitter feed right now, uh, which is also under Happy Game Family, no spaces. So there's plenty of ways to get in touch with us and to track uh, what we're doing with our next podcast episode. We'll probably be uh, managing any discussions anybody might want to have in terms of an internet forum presence right through our Facebook uh, discussion page there. So, thanks for joining us for this episode of the Happy Game Family Go podcast. And uh, may all your gaming memories, whether they be horrible or not, be happy as you move forward with your family. Uh, this is kind of weird. <laughs>